Hi, and welcome to the Luminaries In and Out of Sect podcast, a show about the moon and how astrologers embody and relate to it. My name is S.P. Hall, and I'm your host. In today's episode on the Scorpio moon as the sect light, I speak with two of my friends, Krista Lay and Mackenzie Ray McCormick. As we wrap up this moon series this month, I'll be releasing a sun sign series, the first episode of which will drop towards the beginning of the second week in November. I'm really excited to be moving into this new chapter of the podcast as we reach the first anniversary of its creation. I hope you enjoy that new series. As always, if you enjoy the work that I'm doing, please contribute to the podcast's sustainability by becoming a supporting member or offering a one-time donation on my website. There you can also find information on my services. I'm offering natal and timing consultations, as well as answering query questions. Hope you enjoy the conversation. I have Mayo with me. He's he's great. He's our we can talk about our Mars connection when we talk about our moons because I'm like oh, yeah. that's just a huge thing. It is. Speaking of that, um, I have my dog next to me too, and he might need to go out at some point in this conversation. So I might need to pause to do that. Just step away. Cool. Congrats on your did you officially like Yeah, we officially adopt? adopted him. Yeah, let's with go the, with, the, with the moon in scorpio they were like you have 24 hours to sign this contract and i was like all right bet bet yeah it's a sign it's mm-hmm. a sign it absolutely is yeah moon and mars happening in the 12th yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. A also sign. my mom's a gemini rising so it's her sixth oh it was your mom who fell in love with your foster dog i mean we both did we both did but yeah she's like i'm not giving him up you're Aww. I love that I love that your mom's a Gemini rising. My dad's a Gemini rising. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Does mm-hmm. he have any Gemini or Sag placements? Um, no. He's a super he's a super Virgo Libra. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out my dad's rising. I'm still on the same two signs potentially. Uh but he's like a he's wow. like a Libra Scorpio. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. living the same life right now because I'm rectifying my mom's chart and I'm between two rising signs right now. What are you between? Uh, Aquarius and Aries. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Because the only with the only the only time we have is a, or like any piece of data is a photo of her dad holding her and it says Janet at 28 hours old. Ooh. massive wtf so we're looking at like the lighting in the photo what the dad is wearing like we're we're in deep like deep research mode and i've completely ruled out pisces because my mom is not ruled by a benefic end of story mm. um there's just no way around it she is ruled by a malefic one million percent um but mm. i'm just between the two because she has two planets in aquarius but she doesn't have anything in aries but she has some very Martian qualities that I can't deny. So I'm very, yeah, we're in deep rectification on it. Rectification mm. is so fun. I, I, I tried, I'm trying to do that for my dad as well, but with my mom, I just asked her birth time mm-hmm. and I was, it was so funny because, uh, my mom, like, she was like, oh, I was born at this time. And, and she's like, that's why my name is my name. Um, my mom's wow. name is Chona and I was like what do you mean Chona and she's like because I was born at Alas Ochosna so it's mm-hmm. like Ochona and I was like oh, okay shit. so like your fucking name is like part of your birth okay it's like your birth time 
Yeah. Damn. And so I'm like, I'm like, that's crazy. And then I was, and then she's a cancer rising mm. ruled by a Libra moon. Wow. She's a Scorpio sun. I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Libra sun, Scorpio moon. It's fucking crazy. Mm. Wow. It's a very deep relationship with my mother. And we both have like, it's in the chart. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy. Wow. Mm. I have a similar thing. I had a feeling this would be brought up because the moon, the mother, yeah. <laughs> you the know, moon, fa- mother, yeah. fallen moons, there's going to be a mom thing there. Yeah. There's, mm. I always say like, you got a mom thing. You got a mom or a daddy issue. Yeah. Let's look at your moon and where it's placed. Literally. I feel that. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously having moon in Scorpio, my mom's is in Taurus though. Ooh. Uh, oh, cool. And we both also have planets in Scorpio. Mm. And so like we have like the complete overlap in so many ways because she has like I have Mercury Mars, but for her, it's Venus in Scorpio. Mm. So Mm. we have this like super intimate, like dignity, debility situation on that axis that has like pulled the relationship to a place of consistent, fixed intensity throughout our entire life. It's just so like the delineation is so on the nose. It's like, oh, what's the relationship with your mom like intense? How long has it been intense? Forever. The mm-hmm. in my entire lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because my mom's a Gemini rising, also a Sag moon. Also a Jupiterian Ooh. Mars. So we have square Ooh. Mars. She has Mars and Pisces. I have Mars and Sag. So wow. it's like Yeah, it's really, Child, really children of Jupe Jupe. Yeah. And so I think my dad is either a Pisces rising. Or an Aquarius rising, he has Mercury in Sag, Jupiter in Gemini, like for sure. I'm just oh. like, I'm not sure if Jupiter's in the fourth or the fifth, because I feel like it could mm. go either way. But he is like a very fixed person. So I think he's an Aquarius rising rather than a Pisces rising. Mm. He's the kind of person who's just like, yeah, I said I'm going to do this for the next 30 years. So I'm just going to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, all right, Dad. I'm just, just gonna commit to that for the rest of my eternal livelihood, literally. Basically, yeah, basically, which feels very like Aquarius rising, Saturn and Scorpio. All right, uh, can y'all give me a brief introduction to yourself and your astrological practice, Mackenzie? Do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Um, hi, I'm Mackenzie Ray McCormick. Um, my practice, I would say, is rooted in like ancient Hellenistic astrology. I took Chris Brennan's Hellenistic astrology course, um, also took his electional course. Um, I would say I like I use modern planets. I don't use modern rulerships, though. Living in a modern time, it's hard to not be also something of a modern astrologer because of the world that you have been conditioned and socialized in. Um, but my practice is very much rooted in like relational agency, I would say, which is a term that Mm. one of my friends recently gifted me and I'm grateful for that. Um, but it's essentially about like how much power you have to connect with everything around you and the degree to which you feel confident and comfortable doing so within your means, within Mm -hmm. what you can literally within as much as you can emotionally handle, um, and essentially figuring out how that body bucket that you have and how much energy you have can be displaced and spread around you. Um, a pretty much all my work is surrounded in embodiment in some way, because before I was a practicing astrologer, I've been a dancer and a dance teacher. And so everything that I know about astrology is thus rooted in, in understanding of my body and Mm -hmm. of the body as a whole. Um, and so 
a lot of my work comes through that. I would say, like, along with Chris Brennan, um, I've done Drew Levante's electional course and Drew's like good friend. And I would definitely say a teacher as well. Um, I also have, I, I cannot call myself a medical astrologer because I do not feel confident enough as a, any type of medical professional to do that. Although I have had wonderful colleagues and friends tell me that I should probably be confident enough to say that um because I've done a couple medical astrology like courses and have done so much and talked with Kira Sutherland a lot Cameron Allen um and with the body being such a focus in my work it's something that I should likely talk about more but in a very 12th sixth house way a lot of the things that I'm good at I don't necessarily talk about openly um Mm. you just kind of have to figure it out (laughs) um but yeah I would say that's a lot of who I am. Um, being like a dance teacher for over 10 years, I've taught kids, I've taught adults, um, and I've recently started performing more. And then the other also very 12th, six part of my life is that I work with my family business and we make over the counter holistic healthcare products. And so mm-hmm. a lot of my time is literally spent mixing oils, making products, scooping shea butter, um, in a very raw way, working with things and materials that help people's lives and improve their bodily health. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, the body is everything that I do and everything the way that we relate to it. And that's primarily where my practice is centered. I feel like I would call you like a relational embodiment astrologer. Like you're an Mm. embodiment astrologer, an embodied astrologer. Mm. I've Um, been kind of working with that term a little bit. And so I'm glad to hear that from someone. Thank you. From an external source to reflect that back onto you. And it's like, it feels right or it doesn't feel right. (laughs) I get And you also, you also have a podcast, which if I may, I think is similarly in line with this podcast about like lunar embodiment. Uh, You have a podcast about being a body and you're doing a Mars embodiment series right now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your Uh, wonderful podcast? My podcast is called Funk with Fate. Uh, Krista has been on my podcast. We had a threesome with John. We did an episode on tattoos and astrology, which was absolutely epic. Oh, tattoo. Look at at us. Uh, (laughs) Truly covered in them. Um, And so, yeah, as you have a series that you're doing your podcast on the moon, um, I call it the spicy rendezvous because Mm. Mars is my baby. Um, And it's essentially the same format, like talking with astrologers who have Mars in that sign and we're moving through the Mars cycle. Um, So right now I'm actually Mars in Scorpio right this moment and I haven't yet recorded it, but we are hoping to record in the next like two days, the Mars in Scorpio episode. Um, But yeah, like that is literally like the premise of the show. If you ever listen to it, it's like in the intro, like this is a show about being a body and all of the good things, all of the bad things, all of the ouchy things, all of the beautiful things of that um and in that way that is definitely a piece of like my fallen moon coming to light and like let's talk about all of the body things and everything that can relate to it because it's not just a podcast about astrology although that is very much the basis of it it's literally called funk with fate Mm. and it is we are fated to be bodies whether Mm. we like it or not so yeah i didn't ask for this i didn't ask to be a flesh i did not ask to be a body truly i did not ask to be a flesh vessel Krista, would you like to give us a, a little introduction as well? Sure. So I'm Crystal Lay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm also like a Hellenistically as- trained astrologer. I've done some medieval stuff. Um, I primarily work with natal astrology just because I feel like the like I feel like a lot of my clients and a lot of my like audience is very local to New York. So I live on 
uh, you know, Lenape land. Uh, I live in mm-hmm. New York and I have a pretty robust practice here. I work out um, of a tattoo studio and online, but I uh, work out of a tattoo studio called Longtime Tattoo. Um, and it's an AAPI queer owned uh, run collective of tattoo artists and also me being the resident witch astrologer, death doula there. Um, so a lot of my practice is really like, it is relational. I'm borrowing that term from like Palace Augustine um, and Diana Rose Harper of like, I really focus on relationships on like uh, relationships to like the self. I, I uh, have this thing of like, I try to guide people into better relationships with themselves, others, nature, gods and guides, um, because that is what I am interested in. And mm-hmm. I think it's uh, astrology has been a really great tool for allowing those connections to open up and um yeah so I'm a little a a little different in that I mainly focus on creative ways to make sure that that is something so it's like I also style I um I I started that recently because everyone was like you need to start doing that more because you have a really specific aesthetic Mm. that people want to see and like also helping people to like be more at home in their body um and like except except this flesh vessel that we were born in a libra Um, god uh, yeah and also like i do death doula work um and uh the astrology stuff i think is you know like i've done some electional i've done i've taken chris brennan's course obviously the bible obviously the bible hellenistic astrology the study of fate and fortune available find bookstores everywhere everywhere Uh, Everywhere. part of my part of my laptop book stack right now i know um the bible as i like to call it um and demetra george's stuff um i would say that i have like a a burgeoning fixed star practice that i've been a little bit not as like active on and it's been a little difficult for me to like practice more of that just because I have been so busy um getting married and doing some other stuff mm-hmm. um, living live so life living life like you know uh but I studied you know I've studied with Sam Reynolds I've studied Chris Brennan Austin Kopic is a big influence on me and I would say like I've been mentored by a lot of modern astrologers and taking classes so my entry into astrology was through like modern astrology but I don't really use modern rulerships um, the only time I really use mundane, like astrology, like uh, like modern planets, and looking at modern planets, um, is when I focus on mundane astrology, um, which is not that often because I just don't like the world is going through enough as it is. I don't want to have to astrologize and explain that through events, um, mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's been fun. So I've learned from Annabelle Gatt, who is a local astrologer. She writes for Vice. Um, Colin Vidal is a good friend of mine. Um, and so I've, oh, like, we love Colin. I love Colin. Colin we love Colin. Um, Amila Quint, who like is more of a writer, but she also has taught, she really was the one who like moved me into actually practicing, uh, both Colin, both actually all three of them, Colin, Amelia, and Annabelle were really the first three to be like, you have the chart for this. You should do it. Mm. Um, professionally and they really like sent me off into the world um I'm really influenced by Jason Holly um uh, love Jason Holly I love Jason Holly he's he's truly he's truly one of my favorite astrologers alive right now and I can say that wholeheartedly yeah when I went to Santa Fe like I ended up messaging and reaching out to him and we had coffee and it was just like 
the sweetest thing. It was just like, oh my God, like we're so, we have very similar charts and placements. So it was just very mm-hmm. much like coming home. Um, so I nice. love learning from him. And then my main mentor right now is Amaya Rourke, who used to focus on fixed stars um, a lot and is, you know, an Algolian and um, also has basically been like, you're an Algolian too. And I'm like, it's so hard being an Algolian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love the fixed stars in that, like in the firmament, they are the like highest sphere, you know? Um, so I focus a lot on that privately. And then also a lot of like, um, a lot of, uh, I, I have a pretty simple but robust magical practice mm-hmm. um and so I focus a lot on that but you know as as kind of like we've all said like we kind of have things I've heard from people call me like a hoarder in terms of my skills because mm-hmm. I really only feel confident in like being a relational astrologer I do like a relation synastry readings and stuff but and I also do this really cool collaboration with my um I call her my work wife but she said I can't call her that anymore I have to call her my real wife now um <laughs> My my wife Celeste and I, we have this collaboration called Cosmic Catharsis, where like I give a, you know, we choose applications and then I give the person a birth chart reading. And then from there I give Celeste a prompt, a narrative prompt, and like a, you know, an image that I see through basically like the transits happening now with this person and also their chart. And we come up with this really cool collaborative, like, you know, I have this narrative, she makes it into a tattoo. And that's been going on for like a year and it's been one of my favorite things to do, but um, yeah, the practice it's, it's been, mm. it's been a good time. And so it's, I'd like to think of creative accessible ways for people to have self-exploration with themselves and others and whatever um, through the chart and through astrology, because mm. first and foremost, I think like a lot of the reason why, like we all kind of get along is like, astrology is also the body it is nature Mm. it is everything around us and so like this relational approach to astrology of like you have to be able to see that you're in relation to things everything everything all at once um is an important thing to learn but it's like the the process of learning that and like the process of accessing that probably through your chart will be mostly in like looking at the specifics and being like you don't have to relate to this aspect of like your life because I'm like you don't naturally like in your chart it's not a way that you relate to that so let's find a way for you to healthily do that Mm -hmm. and empower you through your chart so that you're able to like cope through this situation or this transit you know the way that you should or the way that you would be easiest for you. Mm. Yes. What you said reminded me of something actually. So um, I did a couple of Jason Holly's workshops at like ESAR and Norwalk this year. And during his workshop at Norwalk this year, um, we had taken a break. And so like went to like lunch, went to the bathroom, came back or whatever. And Nicholas Polomonakos was in the lobby, just like hanging out. And I walked by and he was like, oh, as one does at Norwalk, you hang out in the lobby. And I walked by and he's like, Oh, what are you doing right now? And I was like, Oh, I'm in Jason Holly's workshop. And I'll never forget. He looked at me because he was like, Oh, are you liking it? And I was like, I love it. And he's like, you know, that makes perfect sense for you. Absolutely <laughs> perfect sense for you. And he was like, are y'all like moving around in there? I was like, fuck yeah, we're moving around in there. What do you think we're doing? Um, and 
I remember him just like the look on his face being like, of course you would be into that. That makes perfect yeah. sense. And a similar thing happened when I had a conversation with Gabe about it. And he was like, of course you love Jason. Um, mm. Because one of my, like one of my favorite sessions that I offer is literally like an astro dance, like embodiment where it's like yeah. chart driven with like music and movement and like guided prompts that like lead you along like this journey through your chart and coming into your body and like awareness of the things together. And so the funny, like the funny moment of people just being like, of course, that's your thing. Like that just makes perfect sense. Um, and what you said reminded me of that. And so thank you for that. I think it's so funny. We also like all met at Norwalk 20. Yeah, true. I was, I was going to give a shout out to Norwalk and just conferences in general. I know that it's like, a pri privileged thing to be able to attend a conference it's not the yeah. the cheapest thing but if you can do it it can really bring you in contact with a lot of different people and you can have these organic experiences of people like you know trying to uh you know like make fun of you in the lobby or whatever for how you operate uh no shade to nick or gabe or anybody but um yeah i mean I they're, they're spitting facts yeah, like spitting absolute facts totally yeah i met both of you at norwalk 2022 mackenzie i think we met like quite briefly and we've gotten to know each other pretty well through ascended assemblies since then and krista yeah. we we went on this voyage to like try and get food with a group of people yeah um, i'm interested lot. yeah i'm interested to hear what you were doing in the mall because i've had a few people on the podcast who were like told me how like based on their moon sign what they like branched off to do like Aaron uh Tack Shipley and I like went into the container store and had a super emotionally intense conversation and like got to know each other a lot better we're both uh Sag moons and uh Steph Koifman was telling me that she like got a massage she's she's a Taurus moon and she was like I'm gonna go get a massage before I eat I think I got a massage with all of them you got a massage with them too I got a massage yeah I think because I'm like I don't really remember what I was doing and then I'm like no 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 no. when there's an opportunity for me to get like a decently priced massage and they have opening I'm gonna get a massage you're there yeah, yeah I'm like that's I feel sun. that that's the Libra sun and like I need and also I think like at that moment and also Norwalk, if, if, if people listening to this haven't been, it's like, there is literally like everyone, this is huge conference. There's a huge mall. Everyone's eating at the same places unless you have a car. Right. And it's it like, also oh, seems like it's the only place for people to go yeah. that live around there, like go to the mm -hmm. mall and eat at the food court. Not like, cause it is a massive food court. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I think we were like waiting for like, I want to say that, no, 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 a bunch of other people were waiting for the Cheesecake Factory and it was just like all the restaurants there, you have to, you have to reserve in advance mm -hmm. um, or you just have to like have someone go and show up. Um, but yeah, we wandered around that mall for like, I think you, y'all ended up just ordering food. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember. I don't even happened. remember what we did. I think we ended up like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. remember. It was just like, that was really like a moon thing where I'm like, I'm fucking hungry and I have yeah, to wait everybody. hours for like this, this fucking thing. I might as well just get food and go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Norwalk is really, I, I think I really love the experience and learning, but it is one of those things where like, I'm an introvert and I need mm -hmm. time to like relax. And it's, it's also funny because it's like, I don't know how this experience was for you all, but I mean, like, especially because when I met you, SP like when we when we met you were not 
like an astrologer astrologer at the time no it wasn't starting to get into it yeah and so it was interesting to see your your perspective as like someone who was watching all these people like bring out their everyone's fucking decked out in talismans like everyone's decked Mm -hmm. out with their materia like yeah and all these protective things to like Mm -hmm. you know the energy is really big and so I was like yeah I I need to like protect myself at this point and it's also like there was another COVID spike I think at that time so all of us were like masked and also like wearing our fucking Asclepius stuff or like a Jupiter health talismans you know like Mm-hmm. I, I I can imagine that can be really overwhelming um and I think just the energy can be really overwhelming for someone who is not mm-hmm. used to it yeah um so it's like it's also like even if you stay at the hotel so there it's at a hotel um even if you stay at the hotel it's like the energy is very magically operant and strong mm-hmm. um so it's it's just kind of like you have to protect yourselves and you have to like you have to take a lot of breaks um mm-hmm. and so I think for me in that environment I was very much like observing every I kind of like step back and like I don't have a 12th house moon like you do but like I was definitely like step back like observe watch people I would like talk to people um as well to get to know them but I think like a lot of my I kind of stuck to the same people and like uh I did meet I mean I met both of you there um but I think it was definitely like it was a lot and also like none of us slept no one mm. slept no one sleeps there it's a it's a good exercise in taking care of your body yeah um right like you have to watch yourself because I did not sleep also it's conferences so everyone drinks mm. there's a huge bar if you haven't <laughs> been to Norwalk there's also a huge bar like right in the middle of the lobby so like everyone's drinking <laughs> It was very interesting for me, like the difference between last year and then this year, because last year I was drinking. Um, but this year I, when I went to Norwalk, I was alcohol free. Um, and so I had been there, I had gotten there, like, as I do, like generally every year on Norwalk, I try to get there a day or two early so that I can like go climbing, um, like hang out with friends that I have there. And so I usually do rent a car. Um, uh, but because I didn't drink this year, I was like the DD to like take people to their Airbnbs and like, go like take them like restaurant or whatever, stuff like that. Like take someone back to another, like the hotel that they were staying at, like a couple miles away. Um, and so it was interesting kind of feeling that like almost intermediary situation where I almost like felt kind of like I was floating because I had these moments where I was like, I have to go up in my room and just sit here by myself for 15 minutes and just breathe because it does get very overwhelming. Even when it's people you want to spend time with people you hypothetically haven't seen, like since last year at Norwalk or like even longer people that you've been wanting to meet that you've just been talking to online, like all of these connections that you're making, you want to be there and present. But then, yeah, it's like very much for me, it was like, I have to protect myself and have time to like be a body. Um, there was even this year, like I completely skipped out on one of the lectures and I went and like worked out in the hotel gym with Hawk and Tony because I was like, I gotta fucking go. Like I gotta not listening to this, not doing this. I gotta go be a body for a while. Um, I loved being at Norwalk in 2022, but I gotta say when you were telling me about that workout, I was like, fuck, I wish I was at Norwalk in that gym working out Cause when I went, I think like everyone was at the gym or, or everyone was at the bar and I was like at the gym alone, like working out and I was like having a great time. 
It's so fun. Honestly, there is something there. I really have a feeling that like hotel gyms are like portals. Like every time that I've ever been inside of like a hotel gym, the energy in there is weird, wild. So like it's, weird. it's so good though. Like it's so fun. It's just like, man, I'm being a body in a place that other bodies are bodies, but none of our bodies really know each other. We're just like ephemerally bodying in the same space. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good workout too. I needed it. I needed it bad. Mm-hmm. I do love when like your parents or like people in your life end up being like a significant placement for you especially 12th house placements it's like oh this person fucking falls into my 12th house no wonder why I f- everything just fucking unravels mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything just unravels the way it should it's my undoing it's like hanging out with this person mm-hmm. is my undoing but I love it mm-hmm. so I love mm-hmm. absolutely but also that's a very Scorpio moon thing too it's like I love those things. I will keep the, I was like, I love this thing so fiercely. I have multiple, I have, you know, my night chart. I mean, like going into our moon placements, right? And like, I'm a night chart baby, right? I mean, we both, yeah, night chart babies. Mm-hmm. Like my other, my benefic effect is like also in the same sign. I can't believe I'm exposing my chart. Like this. Uh, <laughs> Like, I ha- I knew that would happen. Funny enough, whenever we were talking about doing this episode, I was like, ah, oh, yes, the exposure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't like to share like my entire chart with people, um, mm-hmm. at least unless unless I'm doing a trade or like unless we like have a significant reason to just because I'm like, yeah. I will never put out my entire chart. I did that one time and then you made a meme out of it. And then I was like, I'm removing this immediately after. within 24 hours within 24 hours it's gone um because like I don't want to expose myself like that but I do like say my placements anyway all that is to say is like my moon and my mars are in mutual reception um and then I'm just a watery little bitch um and and my venus is also in the same sign as as my moon so it's like I feel like for the scorpio the scorpio moon it's very much like do not perceive me mm-hmm. but like do not perceive me and it's also like I also have a really hard time like getting into my emotions and like Mm -hmm. accessing them Mm -hmm. and especially with the Mars and the moon and the mutual reception it's like oh it's so funny because like I couldn't cry for a really long time and now I realize like I only cry when I'm angry and frustrated which Mm -hmm. you know cancer the Mars Mars moon mutual reception and then also like I would also, as a kid, to cry, I would, because I held into my emotions, like, I would have to be, like, physically hit or something, like, when I was, um, Mm. and that's, I mean, that, in a way, it was more of, like, you know, like, I would be playing at recess, and then, like, a ball would hit me, and then I would cry, Mm. because it's, like, it doesn't even hurt, but it's, like, I'm just crying, because, like, all of my emotions are now released, Mm. Um, and it's, like, embarrassing to also, like, be hit in the face with a ball in front of people but it was definitely like oh it doesn't even hurt it's just like the physical act of like having that like kind of like the emotion smacked out of you in that instance mm-hmm. it's like oh jarring um, yeah so I don't know if you feel that too I guess I if do I may, if oh, I may really ahead. quickly it's interesting because you both kind of have like this mutual reception between Mars and the moon Mackenzie you have Mars and Taurus, Moon and Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So there's like a kind of exchange there as well. For and sure. then Chris, as you just said, you have Mars and 
cancer and the moon and scorpio so there's this kind of domicile exchange there as well but like from the places of their fall and so yeah i'm just curious to hear for both of you how that how you feel like that kind of plays out i cry all the time honestly Mm -hmm. like i i feel that a lot like i i've honestly never had any issue crying there's never been any like thing that has stopped me because except for perhaps my own guilt and shame over letting myself be so raw in front of people because although Mm. i've never felt weird about it others have constantly made me feel Mm. weird about it their perception Mm. of how people handle their emotions has been projected onto me that have made me internalize this feeling of oh i shouldn't cry in front of people because that's not what you do Mm. um but i cry when i'm sad when i'm frustrated when i'm happy i am literally waterworks um and the moon is my only water placement you know that's the only planet Mm. that i have in a water sign at all and i've gone through periods of time of like not drinking enough water but at this point i'm one of the most well hydrated people that there are because i have to And that's part of the relationship with Mars is like, I have to feed my moon very, Mm -hmm. and my moon has to feed my Mars. Like there is this undeniable energy within them that constantly has to be doing something and be fed to feel sustained. Mm -hmm. And what does that feeding look like to you? Like, are there different ways that that happens other than like the obvious like food consumption? Oh yeah, yeah, I feed it with movement. I feed mm-hmm. my, I feed I feed them with movement. So I guess if anyone doesn't know, I'm a multi-sport athlete. I'm a dancer. I'm a rock climber. I'm a weightlifter. I'm a runner. Um, I'm constantly feeling some sort of ache and pain somewhere. If it's not physical, then it's emotional or mental or spiritual. And that's kind of the fallen moon experience. I feel like is being well versed in different types of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, And so for me that like, it's both a push and a pull of like, I have to feed my body with movement to feel like I can continue functioning as a human body period. But then Mm -hmm. also I feed it to the extent that it's now depleted uh, Mm -hmm. because I've either fed too much or worked too hard or run myself so ragged that there's nothing left. And I'm like literally scraping it like the bottom of the barrel at times. That's, I feel like that's very, I, I I relate to that in so many ways. And I also feel like it is not, I mean, not, it's not, not, sorry. That it's, it's a, it's a common experience for Marshall moons. Like it's just like the experience of Mars and the moon being entwined, especially for both of us. Right. Like I have this mutual reception. You have this like fun, <laughs> fun opposition fun situation, opposition situation. <laughs> so it is like this reception of some sort where it's like, I feel, I mean, like, I would say I like cried a lot when I was younger, um, when I was like a, a kid and then I just stopped at some point. So it's like, I think that's that socialization as well of like, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't express your emotions so openly. And mm. it's like, I can't, I'm a fucking kid. Like I can't help it. Yeah. Um, and I think over time, um, movement has been a really important thing for me um and it's funny because I I like I know you dance I do dance um but I do like a lot of I've also realized like with the moon and the you know Mars and moon mutual reception is like you have to find movement practices that like fit your lifestyle and also make you like for me it's definitely like I have to find a way for me to access my emotions because it's so like with that Scorpio moon it's it's just like it won't get out unless 
I like poke at it and like tend to it in a way Mm -hmm. that's meaningful and it's also like you know with the scorpion it's with Scorpio it's like it's just so extreme and it's so like I always like to explain to clients that I see Scorpio as night Mars in that it's a tactician and Mm -hmm. it's not it's it's you know it's the tactical Mars it is the instead of the you know like Aries this one is an Aries rising my dog um <laughs> and he's you know Aries Mars is kind of like a day Mars of like I'm just a soldier rushing into war I, I like to always say it's like a baby with like an axe and it's like Ooh. maybe you shouldn't have that axe you're a baby it like- feels it feels very much like Jon Snow in that game of is it Battle of Bastards or I forget the name of the episode but like his brother just gets shot by an arrow who's been taken captive and then he's just like fuck it and just charges into battle and that feels very like very aries culture in general yeah like let's just fucking go like let's just charge into battle at the front of the line like we're we're in the vanguard and it's like the i'm like and accessing the emotions from this like nightmares place of like the tactician it's like aries is sent out to kind of like fuck around and find out and like rush off into war and like that pure rush of anger and like huh and movement and like I feel like Scorpio Mars is like I have I don't have that much energy mm-hmm. I don't got the energy to do this so if I'm gonna make a move it's gonna be pointed at a certain like I have to make sure it's precise mm-hmm. I'm gonna take all this time to obsess over it so it is precise and accurate and that I'll win mm-hmm. you know and it yeah it's 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 definitely like one of those things where it's like that Scorpio moon uh I guess like Mackenzie it's a little different for you because you do so many things well I think it movement I think what you said though specifically about here like I don't have the energy so I'm gonna make this very precise the other end of that is even if you do have the energy I'm not gonna waste it on being inaccurate yeah why would I do anything if I'm not gonna do it right yes Mm that's that's definitely like a thing and especially with like for me the cancer mars and the scorpio moon reception experience is like number one like why the fuck am i gonna waste energy on like something that i'm not gonna be good at right away Mm. and then it's also like an adhd thing and like a bunch of things but it's like if i'm not gonna be good at it like why am i trying so it's like whenever Mm. i try something it's like i i do a lot of research ahead of time to be like I think I can do this. I think it's fine. Um, but then it's also like, and I'm getting to the Cancer Mars portion because I really don't think we can talk about our, you know, moons without the Mars piece of it. Of um, but like my Cancer Mars, I, because it's a place of like fall as well, it's just interesting to like access that and be like, I don't really make moves unless it's like, I don't, I don't get angry. I don't really get frustrated when it's something about myself and my body, which is like such a fallen experience. But I also see Cancer Mars as like a mama bear, you know, mm. like it. it's like, oh, you're going to screw with like things I love and like the people I love and like all these things I love, I will bite. It's like, I will bite and I will like fucking destroy you. Mm. <laughs> so it's just this like wave of, I always get like these big waves of like frustration and anger directed towards uh on behalf of other people directed towards whatever and Mm -hmm. I feel like when it comes to myself it's like oh I don't really see it's like I don't really see myself and I think this is also a fallen moon experience for me of like 
I don't really tend to my own emotions as much. And like, I will, I will do like uh, in favor of myself. I just don't get angry. Cause it's like, life is short. And like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta be chill, bruh. Um, but yeah, no, that cancer Mars is like, when I get mad, I get fucking mad. Mm-hmm. I also box. So like, that's how I get my emotions out. Right, you're, you're a martial artist. Yeah. yeah. I think a big thing with that is like that tending to others emotions a part of that is because you know that you can handle it yeah um a part of the fallen moon experience is you know being able to deal with pain in all ways and you're you recognize that you are perhaps have been brought into the world more prepared to deal with this and so why would you tend to yourself when you know that you're going to be okay when you know that you're going to be able to protect yourself take care of yourself take like take wrap up your emotions in any way others might not have like the training or the bandages necessary to wrap up their emotional wounds and so it's like i'm gonna do what i can to help others take care of that because they might not have hurt as bad as i have and if they haven't then i can help them through it um Mm. which sounds like very martyr-esque in a way like oh i'll sacrifice myself for the cause but it's not about the glory it's more about making sure that others don't feel pain the way that you have it's the Mm. managing of like i mean i think this is i I have a fall i'm like i like to say like if you if an astrologer tried to elect a time for a talisman mine would be like a cursed one right because i have like my planets in fall there were like not in dignity in any way and I do feel like the fallen moon experience is this whole thing of like, and, and fallen placements in general, it's like, it is the planet still trying to do its job in an environment that's hostile to them. And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, there is a lot more pain. We're better equipped for it. And I've, you know, I tell my clients this all the time, cause I do get a lot of like charts like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, conversely, when I do get really dignified planets, uh, uh, charts, it's just like so funny. Cause it's like, oh, I know why you're coming to me. Yeah. It's because like, you're well equipped to deal with these issues. Like you're, you've naturally been dealing with it. So when things are hard, they get super fucking hard and right. you need, you need like advice. And it's like, mm. man, I, my, my fucking, my fucking chart's been parched forever. It's like, it exists in a desert and I'm like, I'm a watery motherfucker. So like, mm. I'm so sorry to everyone who's listening to this. I swear so much. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, I just click a block a box that says explicit and then we're all good. I I feel that hard though, especially about having a lot of clients that you either get that are like super dignified or super debilitated. Cause like I'm very much the same way. Like over half my chart is in a technically debilitated place. And so you get a lot of that similar struggle of that feeling of being in the trenches. Um, And I do feel like that is something that the fallen moon is very well equipped with because the moon has all these significations that have to do with like our bodily wellness, like Mm. bar none, like, hi, how are you feeling? It's probably gonna be a moon thing. You know, those feelings, whether it's like bodily or emotionally, those start with the moon at the very beginning. And when you have moon, I like to say moon in struggle. That's like my favorite thing is like, I don't know, I have moon in Scorpio, it's moon in struggle. Um, <laughs> because the moon, just how you said, she's functioning from a place that, you know, not comfortable, has to figure out a way to make it work. And Mm -hmm. that then facilitates being able to have to make it work in so many other areas of your life that you can then, um, you know, advise and consult with people on. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, my mom just came and got the dog. Sorry, sorry. Just got distracted. Um, The doggo. 
the dog. It's always important. This is gonna be like such a dog episode because of Mars. Well, and Mars rules dogs. I know it's. I mean, Mars yeah. rules dogs. Like we were. Like we both have. Like even though, even if we just did a bare minimum, had like Moon in Scorpio, but like we also have the Mars factor, <laughs> the Mars factor for both of us, and so, and we're both such dog people. Like we have dogs, all of that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting with Krista because there's this fourth house, 12th house connection. And I feel, Krista, I don't know if you relate to like the fourth house being like the family and the home and what have you, but also kind of like the most internal place psychologically. It's the underworld. Yeah, you which know? you kind of describe like it's the inaccessibility of emotions, especially at a particular mm-hmm. age. And then Mackenzie, you have this kind of 12th house, 6th house connection with Mars and Joy, um, 6th house being the house of, you know, kind of like pets, small animals. Uh, I know how important your dogs your dogs are to you. Um, so yeah, there's this really interesting uh, kind of dark house connection as well. I, yeah, my, my Mars and my Mercury are both at 20 degrees in Taurus. Um, and so I very often say that my, one of my dogs is my Mercury and one of my dogs is my Mars. Mm. Um, cause that's very much the two of their personalities and, you know, just like planets that are conjunct, they're together all the time. They no. literally do, they don't like not being together and yet they could not be more different at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, they're, they are, I mean, they're my pets, but they're like, they're literally like my children, which that goes, that follows when your fifth house is Aries and it's ruled by your Mars in the sixth. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, fifth house ruled by a sixth house planet. Your pets are going to be like your kids very, mm-hmm. very viscerally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm curious how both of you like think about the 12th house, if you could kind of like throw out some thoughts or keywords about that so that listeners can kind of understand how you look at that place. I have this thing that I like to call my cocoon Mm. and I love to go there. It's soft and comfortable. Um, and it's the 12th house you go there and you get stuck because it can feel really comfortable to get lost in it. And then all of a sudden you'll realize you're lost in it and you can't get out. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's both for me, like this great comfort of solitude, because um, I'm very good at being alone. Uh, mm-hmm. My moon in the 12th, it, like fallen, it's a survival skill. It's a tactic to stay alive. When you can't feel, when things get rough, you shut it out and you go there and you stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been, you know, some of the most, I would say, potent healing that I've done at times is those moments that I take to actually be alone and to process, not just for a moment, but for time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it also gets very lonely um, mm. when you shut yourself out and you don't allow yourself to have connection, especially when it's from that very fallen place of, I don't want anyone to feel the pain that I'm feeling. So I just am not gonna let anyone have any connection to it at all. Um, mm. And it can get very lonely in this place, but it's also, um, at least for me, the safest place that I know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that's beautiful that you said that, but I also think it's funny when you, in the way that I relate to it, because it's definitely like, I avoid the 12th house. I, it's like, I, my Mars is there and it's like, I do not see it. I don't want to <laughs> acknowledge you. Um, Like, 
I, I think for me, when I think of the 12th house, it's definitely like I am one of my partner's like 12th house play, placements. And mm. it's so funny to watch that happen because it's like, we're so excited. It's like, it's like a cocoon, right? Like, it's so fun to like be with them, but they relate to me how like, they're so excited to hang out with me, but every single time I like, they're so excited to hang out with me that they jump the gun and then, and that they're like, oh my God, yes, come over. And then, and then they realize, oh, wait, I have shit to do. And having you come over is going to make me not focus on that shit. And so then mm-hmm. they get like they get anxious because they're like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get this shit done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. So you're like, you're literally like you wanna like you you're gonna shut me out or like it's gonna they're gonna like I am their undoing of like mm-hmm. all this productivity. Mm-hmm. I fair, like that's the Mercury placement. <laughs> yeah. And I'm their Mercury placement. I feel that though, like you yourself being the undoing, because I have literally had partners tell me that like, oh my God, this is just going to be like my undoing. I literally had a friend in college saw because I was seeing someone that they were also like really good friends with. And they were like, you just sucked out his soul. And I was like, geez, thanks. You know, that's rough to hear. That's it is. And it was it was even worse because they meant it in both a good and bad way. And I was like, would have been nicer if you just meant one or the other, honestly. Okay. Well, the okay. non-duality of man, though, mm. can be all things. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I think people like on Twitter, you 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 see people throw out like, if you have twelfth house industry with someone, like, no, no go, don't do it. But how have y'all found, you know, a way, Krista, with you and your partner? How have you found a way to kind of manage that or, like? I don't know, work with that energy. I don't mean it to sound like super woo woo like that, but no, 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 I get it. It's, it's just definitely like, you have to be conscious of it. Right. And it's like, communication is a huge thing. I mean, regardless of 12th house issues, uh, I think it's like, especially because I know I'm this person's like 12th house mercury placement. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so fun, but it's also so important to communicate like, Hey, you know, like I didn't understand that, like, being so excited to hang out with them they'd be anxious and nervous because they wouldn't get stuff done and they had like Mm -hmm. this huge deadline for something and it's like all right well you just tell me then it's like I you know like I am trying to be supportive of you I am going to and this is also like the Scorpio moon thing of like I it's it's I think it took a lot of time too because it's like oh Mm -hmm. you don't like my Scorpio moon it's like a little wounded child with that cancer Mars it's like oh my god you don't Mm want to hang out with me all the time like what the fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) like why why don't you why are you not as obsessed with me (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is also like a Scorpio Venus thing um but I think it's just the the knowledge of like okay like we have to sit down and like fuck around and find out it's it's really like Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny for as much as I avoid the 12th house and those placements, it's like the more you avoid things and like this is like attachment theory and stuff. It's like the more you avoid things, the worse it gets. And so it's kind of like you just have to embrace it. And like if it's an undoing, it's an undoing of something that will lead to another productive space or place. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just trust the process. And like Mm -hmm. it really is like instead of hiding, I do. I, I am like, okay, like tell me how you feel. Tell me. Mm-hmm. tell me like what about this arrangement is not working for you um mm-hmm. and you know I, I guess in that space it's like yes you need your solitude for like x y and z you need to be in your 12th house to like be able to like get shit done mm-hmm. and uh 
it's also just reaching a place because this is like I'm I'm polyamorous so like this is what my other partner is I've been with my my like spouse for like nine years so it's not as big of a problem Mm -hmm. um but it is just the process of like getting to know someone how their habits are and like coming from a 12th house place where they like to hide those things Mm. um being the person to encourage some of that to come out in a meaningful way like Mm. it just has to be Mm. like you just have to fuck around and find out you know like it's it's, if you avoid it it's not good Mm. so it's like just I like I said I am a very avoidant person I'm like a very attached attachment wise I'm like a disorganized attached person I'm anxious and I'm avoidant so it's it's working with those things ain't that some shit you know love love that for me we love trauma me me too (laughs) Um, we love trauma in this house um in in that like dealing with it and coping with it great um uh but I think with those 12 health placements it is like it's okay for you to do everything in moderation like isolate yourself in moderation but it's like when it gets to a point where it's affecting your relationship with others like you need to Mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. to take a look you need to get yeah. a hard look at it right. you know i did just start seeing a new therapist so <laughs> we're working on it mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> love that me too me too love that yeah i guess it's interesting so when my partner and i first got together we were figuring out uh his birth time and the moon moves from libra to scorpio on that day and i straight up told him i was like you do not have moon in libra Mm. I know you were born after this point in the afternoon when the moon changed signs. And he's mm. like, are you sure? I was like, I'm, I don't need to know anything else about you. I'm, I can promise you that I'm sure. Now, if you may, what, what characteristics in him make that distinction for you? Oh, this is super interesting. So my dad has the moon in Libra um, and com- oh, okay. a couple of my, a couple of my best friends do. And so I'm very intimately well-versed in it, but I've never had any romantic attachment of any sort to a person with moon in Libra. Um, and mm. the friends that I do have that have moon in Libra, I could never in a million years imagine being with them because there is a, just a level of okayness that I will never be. Mm. Um, and I love them all dearly. And that's um, my dad, I would say, had a skill for avoiding emotions at times mm-hmm. that weren't mm-hmm. un- that weren't that were unpleasant. He was very well versed in sharing, experiencing, knowing about good emotions, but bad emotions was a struggle. Um, and that also like my dad had moon in Libra and my mom has like moon in Taurus. So both of them have Venus ruled moons. Um, the bad emotions are not something that they were, that they really worked with. Um, Mm. and so that left me to figure everyone's bad emotions out for all of us. And so understanding from a very like early age, like the intensity of that and like understanding that that would sometimes before I had the astrological language to speak it, knowing that that intensity of emotion was something that I, was going to require in a partner and i've had multiple mm-hmm. partners who do have moon and scorpio as well i'm also poly and so um like some of my favorite most beloved partners have had moon and scorpio and mm-hmm. so whenever him and i first started talking and seeing each other and getting to know each other it became very clear very quickly that there is no possible way that he had moon mm-hmm. in libra um and there were two different sort of disputed times, like a birth certificate time and then the time that his mom swears he was born, which are about an hour or two off. Both of them are after the moon moved into Scorpio. Um, and the time right. that we rectified and worked with is kind of in between there. Um, so, yeah. And 
with him, it's, I mean, it is, we do have a very, I wouldn't necessarily say like emotionally intense relationship, um, mm -hmm. but we talk about them. And for people that are, don't do that, that is intense for them, right? you know? Mm -hmm. um, but for us, that's, for us, that's the normal. Um, he's the first partner that I've ever had that like, will see me just crying about something and doesn't tell me to stop crying mm -hmm. um, because it's not, that doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that I have to process the emotion and that's a way that I do it. Um, right. But he isn't like scared of that. Um, and you said, Chris, is something about like trauma. And I do think that that is a big fall and moon experience. It's like the trauma, the fear, the failure, the fear of failure, um, the fear of like exposing your trauma for people to see and all of that and how that like ties in with any partner that you have that has to be, you know, talked about has to be discussed has to have like um i would say like to use kind of like the mars analogies it has to be an even playing field you know both sides of the battlefield have to be well equipped to face the problem because you're not battling each other you're battling the thing mm. yeah and that's like very couples therapy stuff too i i relate to that in a way when you're talking about libra moon because my mother is a libra moon with a scorpio sun so it's oh, it's right it's very much this like and like I said like I have a Libra sun Scorpio moon so it's very much this mm. like watching her like hide her emotions and like watching her instead of uh you know like instead of dealing with hard emotions um I saw my mom earlier this like year um very unexpectedly because like something happened in the family and she came up and like watching that happen like watching her like process her emotions and you know like my partner uh my my spouse was with me um and it was just so funny because my spouse has a Pisces moon both of my like main partners have Pisces moons which is also crazy but mm -hmm. like um very wow. helpful for the fallen moon experience yeah I know my I've brother has to, a Pisces moon I've tried to avoid Jupiter for so long um but he gives me his children um <laughs> but it's yeah so, so watching a libra moon try to process their emotions and like it it's so funny because my mother like just avoids them she like mm -hmm. the way that she processes her emotions is through a pleasurable thing which is mm. like she goes shopping okay she shops like she she's like i have to deal with like I have to deal with all these uncomfortable emotions. Like, mm -hmm. no, instead mm -hmm. of doing that, I'm going to do something pleasurable and like aesthetically pleasing that will give me something because Venus ruled moons, you know, uh -huh. more, 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 more. And then it's funny because that I'm like in her fifth house. Right. And so it's like, I'm going to do that for my child. I'm going to give my child all these things. And like, so it's a weird, like we enable each other and our shopping habits, like it's bad, mm -hmm. but that's the way we cope with our emotions. And it's also like, I've had really good conversations with my mom as an adult over like shopping, you know, mm -hmm. like it's a way for us to like step out, uh, bring her in a more comfortable space and to process uncomfortable things with also allowing, I have to pair it up with an, a pleasing experience, you know? Interesting. Whereas for you and this, and I'm saying this because I kind of relate to this, you process emotions by like getting punched in the face. Yeah. Or like <laughs> just... I get pun getting punched in the face or like, or like just sit, I've gotten, I've meditation has really helped with this. And like, mm -hmm. also, I guess just like dating Pisces moons where mm -hmm. like Pisces moons, like fucking want to cry all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, all the time but like they drown in their emotions you know like it's just an ocean and they the, just don't the oceanic mind. feeling is like yeah. can be overwhelming 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to share these things with you unless I'm like really positive. I feel them. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and I feel like Pisces moons are like, my feelings change all the time. Yeah. So it's, so it's like, I don't care. Like, I'll tell you how I'm feeling because like, it's going to change in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like for Scorpio moons, especially the martial quality of it is like, I hold on, I can hold a motherfucking grudge, like period ever period. I, if you, if, and like I, we, we were talking earlier um, before we recorded about how like, the eclipse season was fucking hard for me because like I lost a lot of friendships and I had to cut a lot of friendships off. And mm. like, I think it's also this like Scorpio moon thing of like, I've been through so much fucking shit and like the martial quality of like Scorpio moons know how to cut a motherfucker off. It like, ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. Yeah. Like it, like if you, if you screw with me and you wrong me or like people I love in a like very potent way, I will, and I've gotten better at it over the years, but it's like, I will cut you off. I will cut you off. Like I'll, I'll I'm very like succinct. And I don't know if you have this Mackenzie. Cause like, I, I, I'm just like very cold too, where it's like, if you screwed with me and like, I will be like, here are the facts. This is what I lay down for you. And I'm like, this is why I'm ending this thing because I'm like, it was disrespectful. It was rude. I would never be friends with someone who, like did this to me right or like said certain things about me and that's also probably the venus being like co-present with the moon Mm -hmm. of like in you know like in debilitated of like this is not how i deal with one-on-one relationships and like you fucked up and so Mm -hmm. it's like i don't need to have that in my life um the precision at which scorpio placements can cut things off i really really admire um but it's hard because you hold on to that and then it's sad. <laughs> and then you have to deal with the sadness. Yeah. Again, like you said, like Aries is Jon Snow running out into battle. But like, yeah, Scorpio is like the assassin in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, with precision. And yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. I have a similar thing like relationally. So for me, that cutoff feeling is very internal. Um, I'm not the best at like describing that to others, but I'm good at understanding what it means for me and more so um and this is probably because my venus is in gemini um i enjoy having relationships with everyone to some degree but i'm very good at internally placing my boundaries for how much i share and for me like part of that fall and moon experience is like showing that vulnerability and exposing that um and people have literally told me that i'm good at making them feel comfortable with being vulnerable themselves um but yet for me like from my perspective i'm like oh you thought that was bad that was merely a fraction of the depths of my feelings but yet Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, enough mm -hmm. to connect it's enough Mm -hmm. to show that you're willing to go there even though for others it's like oh shit, that was deep and i was like that was a flashlight you need a spotlight to see how deep we can actually go um and so i have felt that i'm very good at like maintaining relationships even when i have felt they're like, there has been like cut off energy. It's like, I'm not actually going to cut you out of my life. Sometimes I do, of course that happens, but a lot of the times it's not necessarily cutting someone out of my life. It's cutting off ways that I'm vulnerable to them. Yeah. Access. Yeah. Yeah. It's cutting off the access. It's cutting off like channels of vulnerability that they once had that I'm like, actually, you don't have access to that anymore. That one, like that, uh, like underground passageway has been blocked off. Hmm. I think that was a Saturn lesson for me after my Saturn return. It was more of like, mm. cause I'm so quick to like 
you did this to me fuck you bye mm-hmm. um and it's you know oh, working with my therapist on it in romantic relationships of not cutting people off too fast mm-hmm. when they wrong me because inherently relating to something is uncomfortable and there will be like miscommunications and moments where you get you know and just just to point out just to point out the chart detail without giving maybe too much away but malefic out of sect in a relational house we'll say yes yes um it's rough i mean i don't mind it's it's, i have saturn saturn's like really close to my my descendant so it's like it is it is a mirror like no other um Mm. but i think the mars especially the the mars in the 12th and like the moon in the fourth it is um it is very it is very trigger happy of like cut things off that make you feel uncomfortable um instead of just like blocking off access um Mm -hmm. but i did want to point out something that you said Mackenzie, because i have this thing um especially with me where i'm like do you attract a lot of this is just for me specifically so i wanted to know like i think it's funny because it's like as a scorpio moon because i like hide so many of my emotions I do attract a lot of Scorpio risings like I have a significant amount of Scorpio risings in my life who like kind of fall within like the the you know like where my moon placement is and it's just like I think there's something about the Scorpio moon when you give access and like when you like are able to illuminate some of those um qualities and like those emotions to people there is this understanding that they're like oh my god you feel like home to me especially because I also have Mm. it you know on my IC so it's like I feel like a lot of the Scorpio risings with significant Scorpio placements um I have a lot of Scorpio risings with Venus on the ascendant um in my life like weirdly and and, yeah I (laughs) know Mars for Mars Venus is chef's kiss uh I won't expose uh, my partner's charts, but both of them have Marshall Venuses. So um, we can't expose the Scorpio risings. Absolutely not. No, I can't. Um, That, that partner made me guess. uh, This is how you get an astrologer, just sidebar. This is how you get an astrologer to date you is you do not tell them anything about your chart. Prerequisite. Also, you have to be a Scorpio rising because they're the ones that are going to do this. (laughs) And I, I would never, honestly, I would literally be like, oh, you want to keep secrets from me? Not going to waste my time. It was a fun game. Sad rising good... culture for sure. Sad, ri- sad rising culture. I will not give a single fuck. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to reveal your secrets. Gotta go. No time for that shit. Better, bigger and better somewhere else. It was so funny. Cause I instantly, once they, once they said like, oh, you, you don't like, like, getting to know people stuff or like you like I'm gonna make you guess and I'm like I hate this bullshit I was like I hate this <laughs> and I was like you have to have a Scorpio placement somewhere it's either and then yeah I was like I was between two and I think within like they told me within a month of us like seeing each other mm-hmm. but I got it within two weeks nice I I get so being a sad rising I'm very biased I think that there is like and maybe it's also because I have the Scorpio moon but like the solidarity between Sag and Scorpio risings is next level um and so I I 
I get a lot of Scorpio risings, but then also just like Scorpio placements in general, like Sun, Mercury, Venus. Um, I have a, one of my really good friends. I love her dearly. Like as soon as I met her, I was like, we're best friends now. Um, she has Moon and Jupiter in Scorpio, like Ooh. both like conjunct mine, but she's a Ooh. Gemini rising. Wow. And so literally Ooh. as soon as I met her, I was like, we're besties glad you right. glad you also recognize it but yeah i have quite a few friends that have actually jupiter in scorpio right around the placement of my moon um because that was only a few years before i was born and so like they're mm -hmm. some of my best friends um and so yeah like lots of lots of that good good because that is really the feeling it's like for me it's not just like for you probably like the more home feeling because it's your fourth house but for me it's that very like vulnerable feeling of like you see me for my depths like you see my scars you see my wounds i don't even have to unwrap them for you you just have like night vision goggles and you can see them already um and so it's that immediate vulnerability and familiarity that comes super naturally and also chris i want to uh, just like piggyback on something you said earlier about um the venus ruled moon thing and like from a like parental perspective especially like the moon has so much to do with not just motherhood but how we're raised you know um what we learn and what we come into this world knowing and how that conditioning then like affects us through like parents and how they take care of us because both my parents having venus ruled moons they did not talk about their feelings when they got into an argument they bought each other shit mm. like that's how they said sorry that's how they talked about their emotions and let the the other know they were okay is they used money and things and feel good experiences like they spent i grew up very rock and roll my parents were both musicians they love going to concerts like taking me to festivals like essentially experiencing and dancing and music and art and all of these things that are amazing wonderful things but that was at times very much a placeholder for the emotional depth and communication of how things really felt that I was so deeply craving. Mm, placeholder for like actually connecting on a one-to-one -one level with those, those important people in your life. Yeah. Like, and connecting in a way that felt uncomfortable, you know, we were mm. great. We were great at comfortable connections. We could do that all day. Like my parents didn't have an issue telling me they loved me. They told me a lot that they loved me. They showed me a lot, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the kind of love that I always needed because I needed mm. something more uncomfortable. I needed to talk about pain and mm -hmm. discomfort and anger. Um, but those weren't, topics that felt safe because they weren't right. things that I like, how could I bring up a topic with someone that has no language themselves to speak about it? Because it's something that they're mm -hmm. so uncomfortable with. How can they even give me any guidance when they don't, aren't even doing it for themselves? Um, mm -hmm. And I don't blame them for that. It's just something that growing up, I realized that I, you know, both my parents having Venus ruled moons and then my brother having moon in Pisces, you know, I was the emotional processor, the emotional regulator um, for the household. And I was mm. the one that had to do like the, essentially, cause I was like the youngest, um, my older brother, he moved out when I was younger. And so like, we have that like a little age gap. Um, and so my formative teenage years, it was just me and my parents. And so like having those times to really understand and be like, oh shit, I'm doing like the legwork on the feelings here and i'm mm. doing the weightlifting of the of the innards mm. 
It reminds me of that quote by Wittgenstein, the philosopher of like the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. And so Mm. it's like, that is a very like Scorpio moon thing of like, I need, and it's also like, I, I relate to that in a way of like, I need to have comfort with the discomfort you know like and Mm. it's also like i i student of buddhism you know like i meditate a lot and like learning more about that is like i need to be comfort like comfortable with the uncomfortable it's also why i started getting to death work it's just because like there are these things we don't talk about right and there's these things that like we you know i've seen so many people like so many families be affected by this whole like not being able to talk about what happens after um mm-hmm. and like what happens after you lose someone or like what the plans are to mitigate all this like because most of the drama that comes from like funerals and like deaths is just like people haven't talked about it right and so it's like I see a lot of that as someone who like has worked in healthcare and like has also worked in um has also worked, you know, like with dying people. It, it is, mm-hmm. and having that experience in my personal life of like watching my family like be caretakers, right? Like it's, it's you have to learn how to be uncomfortable with, I mean, comfortable with the uncomfortable because if you don't, like the Venus ruled moons, it's like that, that benefic is just like, we just don't want to talk about the uncomfortable things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, that's I mean the thing is like uh, my experience is a little different from you Mackenzie because like both my parents have like Scorpio Venuses I inherited that um mm-hmm. my brother also has a Cancer Mars so like we're little bitches to each other it's it's so funny <laughs> it is the funniest thing it is it's so hilarious um but it is this like being in this like very kind of benefically benefic and like mercurial household of mine that I grew up in is like it's funny because it's like the language wasn't there of like Mm -hmm. all these uncomfortable things. And like my parents really took steps for like avoiding uncomfortable situations because they didn't know how to bring it up. And I Mm -hmm. also think when that happens, it's because they don't have the language themselves to be able to cope with it. And once it, once it comes, once they are able to finally admit it, they realize oh like that this is something I actually have to cope with and like it's real for me now so now I actually have to process my emotions in a real and meaningful way oh I I resonate with that a lot um because yeah my my mom has Venus in Scorpio but that's the only debilitated planet that was in our household besides all of mine like Mm. my brother my mom and my dad both had like dignified Jupiters Saturns and like other planets as well and so it was that experience of like literally they're not being language to talk about it like the conceptualization of things just not being good all the time was hard to grasp and then that's not to say that things there weren't struggles there weren't times of like you know like hearing arguments about different things. That wasn't to say that things were always good, but talking about them was a different story than them just existing under the layers of potentially like language or consciousness to be able to handle it. Um, Mm. That was, that's, that's been something. And I think that um, is a very mirrored experience that we have, you know, both of us having such debilitated charts, but then having such dignity all around us in other ways too, Mm -hmm. and having to process that and understand that, Um, and understand how our view of the world is just so inherently different, not in a bad way, in a way that just simply is. Mm. 
Yeah, Mackenzie, I mean, we don't have to talk about this if you are uncomfortable with it, but the topic of death is coming up. And I know that we kind of share, have a similar shared experience of our father's passing away. Um, for me, it was when I was like 15. And I think for you, it might've been a little bit later, but um, I thinking back on that experience, like really respect the way that my parents handled it and talked to me about it, even though like my dad got sick for the first time when I was eight and then he got sick again when I was 14 and passed shortly thereafter. Um, but I can imagine it was incredibly difficult to be in a household where the difficult things might not have been discussed. And is that resonant at all? I'm also mindful of astrologically the moon in your 12th ruling your eighth. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm okay with talking about it. Um, uh, yeah, my dad passed very, very suddenly. So he passed mm. of a heart attack. So there was no warning signs. There was no anything looking back, like at photos, you know, he did have some like health problems, like his cholesterol, blood pressure, stuff like that. And so you could kind of tell that it like was adding up, but for all intents and purposes, it was out of nowhere. And I guess mm. just to let people know, like the vulnerable timeline of things, um, my parents loved each other a lot, but they also, you know, probably said some things to me that they shouldn't have, which is like when they were angry, they would say I was the only reason that they were together. Um, mm. And then I graduated college in December of 2016. And by April of 2017, they were officially divorced. Mm. So it happened immediately after. And then one year later in April of 2018, my dad suddenly died. So it was all very compacted together, um, trauma-wise, timeline-wise. Like I was not even, I had not yet even really begun to process my parents' divorce by the, and then my dad was gone and there was no mm. warning. There was no chance to say goodbye. There was nothing like that. Um, yeah. Although looking back on it, I truly do believe that when I left his house, whenever I was visiting him up in my hometown in Indiana and I was coming back to where I live in Florida, I had just seen him maybe two weeks before he passed. And he had, he had never cried so hard when I had left before. And I mm. truly do believe something in him knew that it was the last hug. Um, mm. And so my, like I've had, uh, I've, I've been very unlucky to have some friends that I grew up with pass away um, from suicides or overdoses of things of the sort that have made me comfortable and aware of death and grief in a very intimate way, but nothing at all like having my dad there one day and like me looking at his text and then an hour later getting a call that the ambulance was there and he was already gone. Um, mm. And so it was literally that fast. And it's definitely been a long journey of like getting to a point when I actually even feel aware that he is dead. Cause there's a part of mm. me for a very long time that was in huge denial about like, and it's not that I didn't know that he was dead. It was the denial of the spiritual differences in my connection with him afterwards that mm. took a while to truly come mm. into relationship with and to understand that like I was feeling and perceiving and connecting with him differently. Um, that I actually had to let myself go through the trenches to get there and to feel like, okay, I can go there and then I, I can pull myself out of it. And I can choose mm -hmm. when I go there healthily because I know what it feels like to go there unhealthily and to be in such a deep place with no way out that now I have to maintain the, like the light at the end of the tunnel. I have to know that I can, you know, put the lantern on the wall and just let it sit there and that I can mm. get out eventually without feeling like I'm trapped there. Um, because it took a very long time to not feel trapped by the recognition of mortality for a long time after that I was in, um, 
I had extreme fear of my own mortality for a long time after that. Mm. And being, um, maybe this is just because my parents were both musicians. Like, obviously we've heard a lot about musicians that die at 27. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I guess, gone through like three of the four major, like yield adult transits, like progress lunar return. I'm in my nodal reversal. I'm in my fourth house here because I'm 27 and I'm still just waiting for Saturn now. Um, Mm, and so, Mm, Saturn. I feel like I've been ready for years at this point, but still, Daddy. uh, daddy's still coming. Daddy's still coming. I still got a, I still got a little bit of time still. Um, it doesn't really feel like that though. Cause I've been in like the Saturn perfection years and stuff. But, um, after my dad passed, I had this feeling in my head of just, I don't know where it came from. It was just something that came to me and I was like, if I survive 27, then I know I will have done good. Um, because like musicians having passed at 27, um, just like culturally hearing about that through their like memoirs, other people talking about it. And then also like astrologically understanding everything that comes with that and feeling that like, if I make it out alive, I will be doing good. Um, Mm. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for 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 sharing sharing that. that. I can only imagine you know, and, and it's interesting to hear about the ways uh, that these kinds of things affect us because my dad passed when he was like 52, but he had a long illness. I've had other, my uncles, his brothers, like have all passed except one. And so like, I, tr- I'm trying to like live a very healthy lifestyle to try and have longevity um, past a certain age. And I also mm-hmm. have fears of like not being able to make it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it's just interesting to hear how those similar kind of things, you know, confronting mortality, experiencing it in a loved one, how that kind of manifests for you. So yeah, thanks That's for sharing. Powerful. Um, I mean, I I'm so sorry that you both went through that. And it's like I am lucky enough to have both of my parents, but it is interesting and to relate how both of you experienced like the grief and like the mortality and like part of it is like I had to watch my parents go through that my dad especially um go through that with his parents or his dad Mm -hmm. really um and like when my grandfather died it was really hard um and he had Parkinson's and like was just declining for years um and watching watching kind of like listening and relating to that experience uh for both of you it's kind of like oh okay now I can see why he might have reacted the way that he did he didn't have the like language to personally equip himself with and like you know my grandfather was like the patriarch of our family um and man I wish I knew that man's chart it's just like when you're that Mm. old like you do not have accurate anything birth (laughs) like anything like we didn't even know his real birthday you know um but it is interesting to relate to that and that's kind of why I wanted to get into death work too is like Mm. people like especially western culture like we're really just not equipped to talk about it uh because Mm -hmm. we want to avoid how unpleasant it is and it's like for me anyway like uh with all the death work stuff that I've been doing and have done over the past couple of years part of it is also to relieve myself of that anxiety of like Mm. because I'm like I you know like I along with being healthy and trying to be healthy it's like genetics genetics prevails um so I do you know I'm chronically ill I'm disabled Mm. um but it is one of those things of like, okay, like I have these things, how am I going to manage and deal with all of this like hard admin shit 
so that like whatever future like my my children my like you know my my other family members so they can cope because like that's where like 90 percent of fights get into is like after the deaths of like this inheritance this blah 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 blah. it's like if you just Mm -hmm. talked about it if you just talked about it without that I think more exposure and this is back to our like attachment stuff of like if you avoid something you're not gonna know you have to communicate so I think for me it's like I really grown into just talking about it and it doesn't ease the discomfort of like mortality right but it's Mm -hmm. like if you have the language if you start to expose yourself to things more um and one of the things that I think is very morbid about having a Scorpio moon and a Scorpio Venus is like I say constantly as someone who is polyamorous and like has a lot of relationships and is constantly like trying to balance a lot of things at once is like and also dealing with the discomfort of feeling right is like when you love something you're opening yourself up to loss Mm -hmm. right you're opening yourself up to loss you're (laughs) opening yourself up to like being vulnerable right Mm -hmm. like even if you you know if you're not going to lose someone because you break up or because you like because you are they go away it it that you lose them in death you know and it's 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 a hard thing to deal with but I think given the depth of that and like given the given how intense that does feel and I think it's like for for a Scorpio moon that kind of message lands harder with me because Mm -hmm. it's like okay this will explain and also normalize and also like kind of dampen the intense feelings I have for people like it's like okay like the reason you feel so much and the reason it feels so like it's like the end of the world almost sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm when I get lost in my emotions is more of like no it's because you fucking care yeah like you love so hard and strong that like of course it's gonna feel hard when you Mm -hmm. lose something but it's like that's the act of loving something is like you are opening yourself up to vulnerability and loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember where I heard it. Um, I think it actually might have been Carol Ann that said this. Um, and it was the thing of like, you know, that you love something when you're like when you are eight, when you know the thing that hurts them and you choose not to do it, like you wield the knife and you put it away like you they give you access to it. They literally hand it to you and they're like, this is where it will hurt the most. And you decide not to do it. And it's that feeling of like knowing what hurts so bad and knowing that you love them enough not to go there, but also like love and loss go hand in hand. They truly Mm. do. And like, you know that you are truly connected to something when you're scared of losing it, when you're fearful that eventually you will hurt or they will hurt or some hurt will come to both of you through it um, because of just unavoidable relational circumstances that happen when you connect with people. and how it still doesn't make it any easier though you know Mm. hypothetically it should you know you can think about it but feelings aren't necessarily logical especially for a fallen moon (laughs) like finding like your way to make sense of things is just feeling it you're not gonna Mm -hmm. be able to logic yourself out of being hurt yeah yeah you just have to I think that is one of like the Scorpio moon lessons that you just have to kind of learn where it's like god I hate feeling this so much and then Uh it's like well you can't just shit out the emotion you know what I mean like you have to like process it and like let it go through Mm -hmm. has to be digested yeah you have to digest it Mm, like literally you can't just diary it out 
Yeah, you have to actually marinate in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you get the nutrients out of it. Yeah, that's it's so funny. Like that's when, like like when when people ask me like what are my practices for like anger or sadness? And I'm like, I just sit in it. Mm-hmm. Like I let myself feel it because I'm like, if I don't, I'm gonna start overthinking. You know, and sometimes that happens anyway when you sit in it, but it's just like, it's healthier for me to sit in it and process it in a way. So it's like, I fully, I don't know about y'all, but I'm like, for me as a Scorpio moon, it's like, I learning how to deal with my emotions and sitting with it. It's like, I literally will sit and like, I tell, I, I tell my friends all the time. I'm like, you know, when I'm sad, when I start busting out, like these very nostalgic and this is also like cancer cancer mars of like Mm -hmm. the nostalgia factor especially in the 12th it's like and like you know fourth house scorpio moon it's like i will listen to all like if i'm listening to the high school musical soundtracks you know i'm sad and depressed (laughs) you know i'm upset like you like if i listen to adele which i never listen to adele unless i'm super depressed um if i pull out Joni mitchell blue like Mm. no I am sad so Mm. it's like I'll listen to this stuff if it's like if it's I'm angry like I'll go boxing you know like Mm -hmm. I'll go boxing and I'll scream and I'll like you know I'll play angry music so it just sit with it yeah I very much feel the same way like I have to feel it and uh, my partner is very Virgo um, and so he is he has the Scorpio moon, but he's also very Virgo and see, he is blissfully, he is blissfully solution oriented. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm feeling things, he is very quick to be like, all right, problem solving. And I've gotten better at being able to tell him like, I'm not in the space for problem solving. I'm still in feeling mode. Like I'm, I'm not receptive to solutions right now because I'm still feeling the feeling so deeply. And maybe you even have a better idea of what I'm feeling because I've just been word vomiting it to you, but I still haven't gotten the picture yet. Um, And so I have to wrap my noggin around it and like process it and be in it for long enough to know how the fuck I can move from there to be responsive or receptive whatsoever to improvements or solutions or things that could help, even though usually really good fucking ideas but not ideas that I'm ready for yet. That's such a Scorpio moon thing too. Like I, there are so many, and I didn't learn this until one of my friends who is a Virgo, uh, like not a Virgo, she's a Leo, but has like a Virgo moon and like Virgo rising where it was so interesting of like having the language to be like, Hey, I'm venting to you. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to you in this way where I'm like, I just need someone to listen to me. Like I need to get my feelings out. I am not in a solutions oriented state yet. Mm. And so it's been so nice to like talk to my friends. Cause I'm like, a lot, you know, like one of my, I call, well, you know, her, um, one of my be- uh, best friends is like a younger version of me. And it's funny to like have her reflect back to me, but she's a Virgo. And so she'll, when I'm venting, she'll be like, well, we, why don't you do this? And I'm like, mm. bitch, I am not in a state yeah. for like solutions oriented stuff Mm -hmm, right now like mm -hmm. I just need you to listen I need to be angry I need to be like I need to let my emotions out so just let me do that just listen shut up let me do this and then when I have processed through it we can go to solutions oriented stage yeah I think that I think this does speak to the like it's not just a fallen moon but it's a fixed fallen moon and Mm -hmm. so from the outside others could probably perceive that like oh you're wallowing in it you're just letting yourself stay upset you just want to be upset it's like bitch you think I want to feel shitty 
you you have the audacity to think that I would like to feel bad right now. No, it's just taking me this long to pull myself out of it. And sorry that it's literally like fucking thick ass mud that I'm trudging through. And for you, it's just a nice little pathway that you get to walk through to get to the other side of like processing and solving. But I'm like, I'm getting through the mud. Like I'm stuck in it. I am like very slowly trudging my way out. And like the perception of that being like, oh, you want to be in it or because it does, you know, it is a feelings you can get stuck in them. You really can, but that doesn't mean that you want to be stuck in them. It just means that's what it takes to get through them. I mean, as someone that grew up, like, especially like a, you know, like a a assigned male at birth person that grew up in a very conservative kind of like, we don't talk about our feelings here. We don't talk about anything really here. Uh, Environment. It's like, my question is like, are you wallowing in it or are, do we just live in an avoidant culture? Both. You know that part. Mean? <laughs> that part, though. Is it bad to be wallowing in it, though? You know what that. I mean? Like, are you doing what's necessarily necessary for your emotional health? Yes, exactly. And I think that's part of the things that's part of like fallen moon culture is just like, I think because we struggle so hard because the moon is not struggling to do its job in the place it's in. It's very much like, okay, like maybe the way that you process things, you fucking cancer moon is not the way like moon and domicile is not the way that I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, but it's also like, I love, I love domicile moons because they can be just little bitches about everything. I'm pointing to my dog. Cause you like, you know, my dog, you know, mm-hmm. Mayo, both of my dogs are Libra suns, cancer moons. It's crazy. And it's like, especially like when you see an animal who can't, who can't communicate in written language like written and spoken word it's so funny to see like that like oh your emotions are like on your face like Mm. like this dog is like angry and I can tell they're angry and they're upset um they're very emotionally expressive where it's like you know I don't necessarily have I, I don't necessarily like number one it's like the Scorpio thing of like I'm not I'm not letting I mean like Mackenzie you said you're a little different but for me it's like I'm not letting people see that like when I'm angry or showing my emotions because it is, I I, I don't think it's a sign of weakness, right? But it is like, I am allowing someone to see myself at a vulnerable position. And I think with that, you know, Mars moon stuff, it's, it's like, I don't want people to see me in a place of vulnerability um, Mm. because I don't want that to be used against me. And Mm -hmm. also like, I don't want it to be like, I don't want people to be like, you're being emotionally manipulative. And it's like, no, I'm just trying to express my feelings in a way that's healthy for me. Um, And it's like, also, you haven't earned that access to me, you know, Mm. which is such a fixed thing of like. So scorpionic too. Yeah, I know. It's so like, don't, don't look at me. Um, I, I relate to that, but then I am, I think maybe it's because my Mars has the opposition. And so it's like the the debilitated opposition versus trying where, there's a part of me that literally thinks like, what could I possibly show someone that they could use against me that I haven't already weaponized against myself already? Mm. Like I, it really is like, what could anyone else possibly do to me that I already haven't been my own worst enemy over already? Like Mm. no matter what it is, whether that's like any emotions or even just like petty little like drama things, like, 
what could anyone possibly do that would hurt me that I haven't already been through? And like, maybe that's cocky, but to me, that is just realistic of like you, like, and honestly, it's like, you really think you could do something that could hurt me worse than anything that I've already done to myself. Like that's laughable, truly. <laughs> like that's my Gemini placements being like, that's a good laugh. Actually, that's a funny joke because it doesn't feel and it's not even a feeling of being like untouchable or anything like that. It's intimately knowing all of my, you know, all flaws. Yeah. yeah, my flaws, my fears, my trauma, everything so well that I'm like, yeah, I know it. What's the big fucking whoop? Like that's so funny to me in in like a in a way that I relate. Just because it's like I think you do it in a way, especially with that opposition of like, especially the fixed opposition where it's like, I know my shit. So I'm just going to sit in my shit and I'm Mm going to allow myself to stew. Whereas like, you know, I have a fucking Cardinal Mars where it's like, I will in the 12th. So it's like when my emotions get too high, I will take action, like very spontaneously take action. And it's my undoing. Like, I can't lie, like being a little petty bitch, petty Mars, um, you know, petty cancer Mars, especially like, (laughs) it's so funny, like with the, I just think of childhood stories of like, my brother also has a cancer Mars, and I didn't find that out until I looked at the ephemeris. Um, And then I was like, why are my brother and I such petty little bitches to each other? Like we would all, my brother and I are also like a year and a half apart. Um, We're literally like a year and a half apart. The, The Mars cycle apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, also we're both children of Venus. So I'm a, you know, I'm a Libra son. He has a Taurus son. And like, it's so funny. Cause we're both like, I, I went, I went to, I went home. Um, and this is like, even in childhood, we would pinch each other, literally pinching cancer Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, we would pinch each other. That was our way of fighting because my parents were like, don't punch each other. And I'm like, all right, we'll just pinch really hard. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so literal. Um, but it's like, he, I, we got into a fight he he like he has a child and like a wife now he's very happy but it's like I went home um and he was supposed to pick something up from our our apartment uh that we were staying at and he's like oh I can't do it because like my son is like crying and I was like all right but we've been waiting here all day and so we were going back home anyway we brought his food over and me being petty was like I froze it was like I was bringing him like one of his favorite foods it's like an acai bowl from this one place and I froze everyone else's bowl because I was bringing it for the family but I didn't do it with his and so his was melting (laughs) I just put it in the fridge and his melted and so I like when I got home I gave it to him and I was like here I like gave him his wife's like that was frozen his was like I was like you were being a little bitch and like you didn't show up when you said we were waiting for you Mm. and then he's like well thanks for getting that he's like I have a child but then he's like and now I'm gonna make this child not like you (laughs) he's like I'm gonna teach my baby to hate you and I was like wow that is mean I mean it was like being petty Uh but it's like that's that's very much like cancer mars right like it's very much like we're being petty to each other we're gonna use these like things where i'm like i love that child i love that horse girl child um that (gasps) i'm gonna say it right now all sag placements are horse girls because they all got that fat ass yeah well i can't i can't i don't know that yet right but like that baby that baby is that baby is a horse girl literally like looks at looks at a horse and just yells out nay each time 
Um, favorite. I'm such a horse. I'm such a horse girl too. You are. You're, I, you're such a Ken. <laughs> there are horses that live like a mile and a half from me, and I love going to see them. <laughs> this Ken's job them, is horse. <laughs> every time I see them, I'm so excited. I also Your saw them. Horse. I also like played with them when I was like four years old. So I'm like, oh my god, it's like a full cycle. Full cycle. I'm like an adult person now, and the horses are still here, just like they were. The only the only people that have been there for me my whole life. Yeah, no, the I'm horses. Just kidding. The I'm horses. just kidding. The horses have been there. No one else. I'm, the horses. I'm um, only kidding. We live for. Are that. you though? Are you though? Yeah, like, I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting talking about like you know just to bring forth like an example of kind of a famous Scorpio moon because I was thinking about myself with Moon in the first and I have this Moon Mars conjunction so there's also like kind of Moon Mars Jupiter shit going on. Um, but like my favorite Beatle is George Harrison and he had Scorpio rising with moon in the first. And Ooh. I feel like it's like so evident where he just like, you know, like they would be recording and he's just like sitting in the background, like kind of yeah. not to say this is what Scorpio moons are like, but just kind of like wallowing a little bit like George, uh, you know, like Paul and John are like doing their thing, like writing music together. And he's like, isolated like has all these songs that he wants to play and they like don't want to play his songs and shit um and he had some of the best songs you know what i mean he had yeah my favorite yeah and i i think part of that might have been why spirituality became such an important thing for him Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i think about myself with moon in the first especially in sag where it's just like what you see is what you get. Like, I literally cannot mask my emotions. Like if I'm not happy, you're going to know if I'm happy, you're going to, and, um, and I think it's a Mars in the first thing, but to, I will, I will out myself as well as also a polyamorous person. And I was reminded of, um, this podcast called multi-amory they did this mm-hmm. episode about Love yeah <laughs> the whole squad loves multi-amory the whole squad. <laughs> all my polyamorous homies love multi-amory um oh, yeah. they did this episode about this concept called radar which is basically like a business meeting for your relationship stop it right now um, max and i are doing our quarterly radar this weekend <laughs> amazing amazing um and part of that is like communication suggestions so they have this thing called like the triforce of communication aside i kind of like really dislike all the polyamorous terms like what the fuck is compersion what are what are these terms where we're coming out with anyway the triforce of communication it's like uh when you're communicating something expressing beforehand that you just want to be heard i think it's i think it's these three things you just want to be heard you want to be offered suggestions or you want like empathy you want someone mm-hmm. to be like emotionally reassuring uh, I might be wrong about the first one, but I think Mars in the first, and I've heard other Mars in the first people. I'm like, I very much relate to, uh, I do not want you to offer me advice basically ever. Like I will, if I want your advice, I will tell you, I often want to be heard and I want to have you communicate with me when I share things with you in a way that feels emotionally reassuring, like moon Mars mm-hmm. conjunction. Um, So it's just very interesting to hear like how the moon Mars stuff can manifest in different ways uh, in terms of like how other people can like kind of receive you. Another thing that feels interesting too, in terms of like the Scorpio moon and like this idea of um, trudging or this idea of like, oh, you are, you're wallowing and you're feeling too much is like uh, people I think have perceived me with moon Mars in my first and Sag is like, 
oh, you're really sensitive. And then like people will communicate with me in a certain way. And I'll be like, don't say that to me or like, don't communicate to me in that way. And people yeah. will be like, ooh, you're like touchy and sensitive. And it's like, no, I want to be received in a certain way. And um, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. These different kind of keywords that can come up with different moon placements in different in different locations. Yeah, that's interesting. It's I, I would have never thought to call you sensitive. Like, mm. I think that's funny, but it maybe it's just because like we know each other in very different contexts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, no, it's all, no. Go I, ahead. I probably would have called you sensitive, <laughs> <laughs> but that's maybe also because we know each other through ascendant assemblies, and those are intimate conversations, like writ yeah. large. Like we, as the Sag Risings, we go into those, and they're immediately there basically so the sect thing as a whole um because i was born um right around sunset and so it took some experimentation for me to even really decide if i was a day chart or a night chart um Mm. because both of my luminaries are really strong like my son being born right after sunset my son is practically on the descendant you know they're two degrees away from each other um and so being the most angular thing in my chart that's what everyone sees um my middle name is ray people call me a ray of sunshine like that is what people know about me i other people perceive me as solar um and i think i've actually said this to usp and like some other friends i've recently started saying it i'm just a moon person trying to be the sun person that everyone knows that i am like mm-hmm. just a moon person trying to be the sun um because mm-hmm. internally like for me i always felt like much more attached to the moon um even though like i literally moved to florida i decided to move away from the town and like home that i've only home i've known because i desired to see the sun more and mm-hmm. so i've and like i've always been obsessed with sunrise and sunset so i've always felt this Same. imminent pull towards witnessing the sun rise and set every day being close to a place where i can see the horizon very close um and even though i'm a rock climber and i love the mountains i know that i could never live in a mountainous place because if it Mm. if i if it took that long like the horizon is so high above essentially like where it would be at like actual land meeting like the land has just so much more topography and all of those things like the features give you less access to the sun in a roundabout way um but yet i am still very inherently lunar and it took like experimenting with the lots and zodiacal releasing to see the ways that the lots switched based if i calculated um if i use like the day formula versus the night formula Mm. um because my ascendant is 11 but my um like very like early 11 but then my son is nine degrees but Ooh, like almost yeah. 10 almost 10 um mm, it's like 952 oh. and so it's like a degree and a half away like just a wow. few minutes um the set like it was still bright outside and that's been like something that i really look at in when i'm looking at charts like my own and others is like what is the relationship to the sun and the moon but light itself like how much yeah. light is there and in my chart like at the time that i was born there was a lot of light the sun had just set but having the moon in the 12th like the moon had just risen the moon was Mm. nearing fullness she was bright already um and then also venus is really far away from my sun well not really far but she's in gemini she's like 15 degrees away from my sun and so venus was like approaching setting but she was still very bright and had not yet hit the horizon and so like 
Benefic of Sect, Luminary of Sect, both being like the only two things above the horizon. And mm. then like the experiential understanding of the way that my lot of spirit and lot of fortune work in my life. Um, mm. It became very obvious that I was a night chart. Like there was no denying it. Although I am extraordinarily solar and others, especially others like the closest to me perceive that, you know, on the descendant in the seventh house, like whole sign seventh house, I guess, quadrant sixth. But having that so seen doesn't change the fact that that's not like the way I perceive myself and the way that my experiences feel. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really like spoke that like mirror place of the seventh, like that other, that like reflection, that looking upon um, for me to really like finagle that and understand that. And then for me to feel less like internal shame about identifying with my moon so much, it was almost this Mm -hmm. thing of like, well, everybody else thinks I'm so solar and sees that like, but why do they not see that about that? Why do they not think I'm lunar? Well, she's fallen in the 12th house. No fucking shit. They don't see it. I think that's funny because I have a very similar like feeling in that because my chart ruler is my Libra sun. Mm. My chart ruler, I'm a Leo rising. My chart, you know, my L1 is a Libra sun. And I think for a long time, like, you know, I I think for a long time, it was very like people saw me as Libra. People see Mm. me as a Libra. If you look at me, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That bitch like has Leo rising and like is a Libra sun. Um, But I think with the moon and, you know, like with a Scorpio moon, yeah, we're gonna, we don't want to be perceived. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think I get a lot of people saying like, you know, like I'm a very solar, it's it's also a struggle to show up as like a Libra sun because it's also, you know, like I'm ruled by two fallen luminaries, Mm -hmm. Uh, like I have these two fallen luminaries and it's, it's like, I struggle to be seen and struggle to be perceived in, in a way, you know, like I also say like a lot of my best kind of solar achievements are always with other people. Mm. Um, And I think the thing with a Libra sun is like, we're really good at, we're really terrible at like presenting ourselves and like having the light shine on us because we would rather have someone else like with us or like we would rather shine the light on other people because Mm -hmm. that's how Libra's you know like a Venus ruled sun would perceive that um but it's funny because I'm like I'm starting to learn what it is to like instead of fully fully putting the spotlight on other people like sharing it sharing Mm -hmm. the spotlight I can also be seen and be perceived um and my moon being so close to you know my sun it's like I'm right at the stage where it's like a new moon going into like the next phase. So it's like, it's, it's interesting to have that moon in my fourth too. And being that like, especially being in that like firm mycelial root network underworld, kind of like these deep ancestral roots of like, they are both, it's like, I want to be perceived, but with other people. Right. But Mm. it's also like, I need the time for myself to feel at home. Hmm. Um, I need to be rooted in my home. I need to be rooted, you know, like my home is my favorite fucking place. Hmm. Um, hmm. like you, I, I mean, like SP and I also know each other, like have known each other more because you live in New York. Um, and like you've stayed at my home, you've met my dogs, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you like that, that's my family, you know. Like right. also having that Mars ruling the fourth is the twelfth house Mars ruling the fourth is also like there are these like very deep connections with me with with like 
with like I just said like the dog the dogs are going to be a very important part of life Mm -hmm. Um, but it is interesting to have that sect of like where I didn't feel very lunar and also because like I just wasn't in touch with my emotions um, Mm -hmm. and wasn't accessing it and it's it's funny too when we think of um, remediation and like uh, ways to mitigate the fallen placements in our chart and part of it for me is just like embracing that like yeah my the way that I access my emotions is not the same as other people's mm-hmm. and like thinking of myself as a lunar ind- I think of myself as a lunar individual but most of my I think like most of it is also inherently f- with that night sect is like I know I'm a mm-hmm. night sect person like mm-hmm. the ultimate dispositors in my chart are eventually that mutual reception Mars and moon. So it's mm-hmm. like, even though I appear as this, I don't even think I appear that much as a solar person. I fucking love being at home. Um, uh, <laughs> I, was like, I love being at home. I love staying. Like, I love being in my comfy, cozy hiding space. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like my little hidey hole with my dogs. Um, I al- I also love it. I just don't spend much time here. <laughs> and that's probably why people that's why people perceive me as such and that's also like the gemini in me which is i'm constantly moving here to here like the pollinator bee analogy is so real for me because like i'm always doing something i'm always going to somewhere i'm always in a different place i'm constantly between all these different things um and i think it's interesting krista that we both have that similar thing going on in our chart where we have like a fire rising and an air sun that are like essentially protecting our little fallen moon is that we have have this like big personality and like big like energy and yet like hiding and protecting this like sweet inner soft vulnerable part of ourselves people Mm. think i'm an extrovert i'm like i could not be further from that and it's just like it's the charisma and it's the charm and like Mm. having a venusian sun you know like i think i'm very I, i you know i joke with my 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 dad once said that like I got his best qualities so like his charisma and stuff and I got my mother's worst qualities which is like not nice to say about your spouse but like (laughs) um I get it it's like my mom is also very secretive she's a Scorpio son so it's like very interesting to like see how like she does not let people get access to her you know like Mm. it's it's there's like not even a mask but it's just like who she is and it's interesting to have that like and her Libra moon is very much like I like pleasant things like I go shopping to like emotions um but it's just so interesting to have people reflect to me and be like you have such a big like you're so charming like how how are you an introvert and I'm like I cannot I cannot recharge with a bunch of people you know yeah. like that like that part yeah and they're like well you're like both and I'm like yeah there's two dimensions of like intro in, you know introversion extroversion it's like are you outgoing or shy mm. and introvert versus extrovert is more like do you gain energy from being with people or do does it drain you and I'm like it drains the frick out of me so yeah like you can't you can be an outgoing introvert totally that is a thing that you're capable of doing and maybe that is a fallen moon experience because inherently you have to have bodily time to settle and rest without any filters without any external factors affecting you maybe that is a thing that like you're only really able to feel those depths without anyone else around mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so there is like for, for both of you even though you have different uh sun sign placements there is like a kind of hiding in plain sight element oh for sure 
Mm-hmm. One million percent hiding in plain sight. Um, and I mean, anyone who listens to this pod, like, I really don't care because, like, I'm not ashamed of it and we know that. But um, funny enough, like, uh, it's not super, super, like, well known that I'm poly, um, mm. partially because my partner and I both, like, coach and teach kids. And so we don't, like, flaunt it by any means. Um, like, it's not a conflict of interest, but we just don't talk about it because there's no, yeah. like, real need to make it public. Um, yeah, why? Right. It's also exactly. like a Scorpio moon thing of like, period. Why do, you, why do you need to know my fucking business if it doesn't have anything to do with yeah. you? Yeah. As a Capricorn son, I feel like that makes sense too. It's just like, shits need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shits need, yeah, shits need to know. Um, but yeah, like that very like hiding in plain sight thing of like being able to be around a lot of different types of people, being able to think of things to talk about with a lot of different people about a lot of different subjects that also then can you know preserve the little topics that you don't want to touch yeah there's so like when there's so many other things to choose from why would you need to go there um and then i guess for me like the opposite side of the spectrum is like why not go there if it's there um Mm. but why not go there it's more of like for me it's the i could go there if i want to but have you earned it Mm. Mm -hmm. have you earned that and this is also just like a saturn lesson for me because saturn is on my descendant and after my saturn return um it was very much like oh I do not have to cut people off and use my Mars I can the my Saturn is the only thing that's uh dignified in my chart Oof. everything else is everything else is debilitated uh in some Oof. way I mean if it's if it's gonna be something your malefic out of sect is a good one though shit yeah I know right I um, would like, what I would give so it's like it's 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 like I need to set the boundaries. I'm like, do you have access to this part of myself of this like deep inner recesses of things? And you know, also with that Scorpio Venus being co-president with the moon, it's very much like, yeah, you gotta earn that. You have to mm-hmm. earn that deep, like you have to earn the depth. Mm, um, yes. Uh astrologer once told me that like my chart is basically like you're a pillow princess in the streets and a like goth chick in the sheets and i'm like (laughs) that that makes sense that makes sense that Mm. i get it it's it it is what it is and so i think that like is very much indicative of like yes i am i contain multitudes i contain multitudes i'm a multi-dimensional person you know like i can fuck around and find out but also like I think what people, I think maybe you also feel this too, Mackenzie, is like, I feel like people kind of put this image onto us and project it, right? Which is the rising, whatever. They project this, like this idea of us onto ourselves. And it's like, well, no, you just haven't been able to get to that place with me. Like, Mm. I haven't seen you earn it. Where it's like, yeah, like people making quick, like a judgments and assessments about you just because they haven't gotten to know all of you yet. Um, and especially like the layers of it, like with how deep it runs with like the moon in Scorpio, it's there's so many different things. It's like you could probably think that you know everything when you've only scratched the surface, but yep. you but there's not as many layers to you. So you think that in that way, there must not be as many layers to me. And so you've gotten to know three of them and you think that's all of them. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, and also I'm not going to let you know how many layers I have. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling you how deep this onion goes. Period. To use Shrek as my brand. We you Shrek. know, funny enough. Is when I, it yeah, is your brand. Is Shrek is your Shrek. brand. Um, funny enough, when I was a kid, I used to be able to bite into a raw red onion like an apple. Damn. 
Why? I thought that shit was tasty. That's like some I like I have always loved fortitude right there. <laughs> I have literally I've always loved onions, like the sharp, like pungent flavor of like onions. I don't love like super spicy stuff because I don't like spicy just for heat, but I love like the flavors of different spices and stuff. Um I also like drink a ton of kombucha, so I have like mm. all of that like gnarly intestinal goodness going down. Um yeah, I I've um, so my, I'll plug, I don't give a fuck. Uh, my favorite kombucha is the one that is brewed locally. Um, it's in, I live in St. Petersburg, Florida for anyone who doesn't know. I think I forgot to mention that at the top, but, um, I do my local astrology meetups every month at a kombucha brewery. Um, so it's the city's first like walk up kombucha brewery where you can get all of their brews on tap. You can get flights of them. They do slushies. Um, like all types of goodness, um, but all of it is like real good, like local fresh ingredients. And so they have a lot of kombuchas that are seasonal. Like they don't have the same kombuchas all year, which for me as a super mutable person, I am highly attracted to that. I'm like, cause they have a, they have a couple flavors that are like foundations. Um, but the one that I'm actually drinking right now, funny enough, um, for this podcast is called ocean potion. Um, Amazing. And so, and so like I, uh, they, it's so good. And like the owners are absolutely amazing, like really good people. Um, I've been doing my meetups there for months and like, absolutely whether people come just for the meetups or they're there and they like pop into it, just like the most amazing community. Um, and so I like to plug them, even though you can't buy them anywhere. Cause that's one of my favorite things about them is that they're local. Like they don't bottle and sell. You have to mm. go there, drink it, get your growler refill there, or go to the, one of the places in the city that has them on tap. Um, but yeah, big, big love for beach kombucha in my heart. Cause they've been facilitating my meetups there and that's where I've been getting my kombucha and that I've basically gotten a ton of my friends to start going there. Um, because I, maybe it's not as well known, but the St. Petersburg, Tampa Bay area actually has like a pretty massive kombucha community. Um, it's, there are multiple companies here that make kombucha, like, uh, one of Scobies. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, literally it's fucking real. Like Scobies, like different cultures. It's real. Like, um, there's a company here called mother kombucha and they really like revolutionized it. And they're now available in stores, like all over the country, but they really mm. revolutionized the industry. And since then, like so many different places have been popping up that make it like beach and like obviously places that are now like taking that model and like inspiring it, uh, changing it, making it their own. Um, and so my gut health has never been better. <laughs> and I think maybe that's like, and we kind of talked about, about like mortality and stuff like that. And I very much have that feeling all the time. Like, what can I do to optimize my vessel so that it stays alive longer? Mm -hmm. Um, like how can I like put as much goodness in myself as I can so that I essentially prevent myself from rotting from the inside? Because as morbid as it is, like as soon as we're born, we start dying. Like we literally are constantly yeah. decaying in some way, shape or form, whether it's like our skin flaking off, like cutting our hair, if we break a bone or a surgery or something like that, like we're always decaying. And so it's like, what can I do to prevent this imminent inevitable decay? And how can I make myself feel as good for as long as possible? Um, that's really like the fixedness of the fallen moon is like, I've okay, if it's gonna feel shitty, let's make it as least miserable as possible. Let's reduce the suffering as much as we can so that I can still do this thing for as long as possible.
Well, one of the things that I think I don't like we've talked about, I don't love using modern rulership. I do think in this case, part of like Pluto being like a modern ruler of Scorpio is like this idea of like, and I think it's funny because we think of transformation in this like change and shift from like, you know, like for me, especially as a Scorpio moon who has it in the fourth house of this like ascending I mean descending down into the depths of the underworld which is like where things ferment they rot Mm. they transform like also like the kombucha thing so I'm like yeah the gut health is very important you know like those things are so I I think there's this whole thing of like I cannot separate the moon from the body and like the mind body health component of it because it is so intrinsically like linked and like one of the things too is like when we think of transformation as like you know you think that's a very mutable thing but it's like the only constant in life is change mm-hmm. and taxes but like change you know <laughs> death and, and taxes. death eventually yeah so it's like that to me is like a fixed thing it's a fixed fact like we have the knowledge that like change is inevitable mm-hmm. transformation is constantly happening if you're like a buddhist like you know that like you're literally as a person constantly changing and that's I know that like sounds like an oxymoron but like that's one of the things of like having this fixed moon is the understanding that like things change things die thing like it's all part of this cycle it's all Mm. part of a cycle of regrowth and like rebirth and and like that you are constant I'm constantly mourning versions of myself that like I that have existed but also you know like I say this I said this and I, I I wanted to write something with it eventually where it's like I've also grieved futures that haven't happened yet for me mm. youch yep yeah. I have grieved versions of myself that I chose to not let exist because I pursued a different path yeah mm. and I think uh Chris is something you said earlier is really potent and I'm gonna like link it back is what you said about like holding grudges um and it's not just like holding the grudge it's that your body remembers um and like the connotation of like the moon with memory and how um people that like maybe hear that in a modern perspective think of like oh memory but they don't think like memory like a felt sense in your Mm. body they're thinking Mm. of it as a mental faculty of like oh i'm remembering these facts and figures and data whereas just thinking of like the feelings in your body that you remember um and i'm reminded of the book uh the body keeps the score the body mm-hmm. truly does keep the score. It truly does keep the score. And one of my favorite things in it um, is like the chapter on like healing from trauma. And it talks about the fact um, that one of the natural ways that you like heal, that you calm yourself down is by physical touch mm-hmm. and like the actual mm-hmm. sensation of like someone hugging you, someone touching you. Um, but then like the dual sword of that is like, if you've never been comfortable with that, if you have no way of interacting with physical touch in that way, how is it supposed to be something that calms you down? Mm, Like if you're not familiar with it and how that sense of then like building that familiarity, building that like ways of handling feelings and ways of containing yourself and being able to be in connection with others, like actually physically then affects how you heal. Um, and then like how your how that affects all of the ways that your body remembers sensation and how it links what you're feeling with what you're sensing and that, mm. how that reflects in that healing touch with people. Mm. Again, there's this like, I think, uh, tension with the moon and fall of like potentially being in this place of isolation, being in the cocoon, 
And what does it mean when touch is dangerous or touch touch feels triggering? How do you move out of a place of isolation that can be safe and comfortable uh, to move into touch being something that also is safe and comfortable? Because as mammals, we're kind of wired to wired for, yeah. touch mm-hmm. one another. And if you look at like puppies, they're all sleeping together, you know, or like, you know, you know, psychology, like the monkey experiment where it was like, yep. you know, like they, they go to their wire monkey for all of the, uh, nutritional value and like guess all these needs but they haven't they all end up going to like the monkey that's made out of like cloths and blankets because that's comfort mm-hmm. you know and I think it's I think it's hard too and I don't know if you have this experience Mackenzie with a Scorpio moon um like yes the body and the mind are entangled and stuff and it's also like you because we don't learn ways of accessing um I don't know it's it's one of those things where it's like if you don't have the help that you need, external help that you need uh, or seeking it or like going through ways of like trauma cannot be healed by like yourself alone, really. It's mm-hmm. like, it does take, um, there's a book, What My Bones Know by Stephanie Fu. And then from that, there was a book by, I want to say it's like walking through trauma or something. I got to look this up. Gretchen, Gretchen Schmelzer put a, uh, has a book called Journey Through Trauma which I think is like uh, a really good book for people who like don't have the access to, you know, therapy or any of that. Cause I acknowledge like it's not accessible to everyone, but, Absolutely. Like, but like the thing with like, that I think is hard for Scorpio moons is that like, when we feel things, when we finally have access to our feelings, we do have that like wallowing period where we're just like sitting and like, it, it's kind of an extreme, right? It's like, I either don't, especially for someone who hasn't learned how to deal with the Scorpio moon. Um, mm-hmm. It's either I don't feel shit at all because I'm avoiding it or I feel everything and mm-hmm. it's very intense. Yeah. And I think yes. one of the things about trauma and like dealing with like the body keeping the score is like the only way to really heal through this is to practice, right? Practice healthy relations, have mm-hmm. with yourself, whatever. Also like it's baby steps, right? We think mm-hmm. of like 90 days to like, is it 90 days of like doing everything something like small habit changes like it takes 90 days a lifestyle change yeah yeah lifestyle change so it's like in order to heal trauma right like you have to start incorporating small doable like you know for ADHD we call it like chunking to finish a project you're gonna chunk everything but -hmm. it's like to have a small or like to have a lifestyle change you're gonna have to make small moves every day to like incorporate that and learn from it and like make sure that it's eventually hardwired and like I think that's a very fixed thing it's a very like learning that like it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other which is like I think the like people who haven't really explored their Scorpio moon do that Mm -hmm. and realizing that like oh if I like let little things in every day and like take steps to feel these little things and like be able to like soothing self-touch for myself like whenever I'm Mm. upset checking with my body like my my new therapist is like a trauma therapist too so she's taught me a lot of this stuff of like you know she it's it's helpful to have someone to help to be like okay you're talking about this thing you're venting and like you can hear your voice and like your your tone and your like body getting like more ramped up Mm. and then it's like having someone reflect that back to you and be like all right let's like slow down let's slow down this process. Like if it helps you like put a hand on your chest and like rub it for like soft Mm. self-soothing. 
those are like small things, you know, like I think there's also like with panic attacks, there's like the viewing five that works, you know, like five mm-hmm. things you can see in the room kind of thing. It's like learning all of these small like coping skills will eventually like if you do these habits everyday lifestyle change it eventually that is a fixed thing it eventually will yes like lead to you learning all these coping skills so that when you you know like we don't exist in isolation and like there will be things that trigger us right but it's like because I've done all these things for a long time like and in small increments so that I've I've made it not I made it more manageable for me but these like manageable life skills of like having this like we need to I I think a lot of it is like reframing right of like being like oh this could be mutable but it's not mutable it is all about like sustain sustaining things Mm -hmm. and like being kind of finding sustainable coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. um and that is a I feel like that is a very Scorpio moon thing um but I also think a lot of Scorpio moons at least the ones that I've I've in my experience and also in like talking to clients who have it is like they they don't they have not necessarily learned how to like access that and Mm. I think like we because we a lot of us or like sometimes we avoid things or it can go like facilitate from extreme to extreme it's it's like okay we gotta like meet in the middle and Mm -hmm. like where's your body at right now Mm. you know where's your body at because that's where your emotions are sitting and yeah like it, I think like that's the relationship to the moon that I have is like it is really in the body mm-hmm. it's in the mm-hmm. body it's literally the moon is so it's like it's really in the body but you have to give people like the tools and access for for learning how to like cope with it right mm-hmm. right um which is like what we do as astrologers but also mm-hmm. therapists do in like their work with trauma or like whatever right. you need to deal with it's mm-hmm it's a fixed manageable habit. It is. And it, it's something that comes up. I feel like people would expect it, but sometimes they don't like when I even have like just dance clients, like sometimes adults, but even sometimes kids too, like what I'm teaching them in class, like the process of moving your body will move your emotions and it will get things flowing, whether you are prepared for it or equipped to talk about it or handle it or not, it will happen when you incite movement, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable in your body, that other things will start um, flowing and coming. Um, A couple things that you said, Krista, that I like really wanted to touch on was how you were talking about those, essentially those like small steps that you can take to handle things and how that, Uh, contrasts with how like that massive floodgate feeling of like, okay, here's all of my feelings, all of them happening all at once Mm -hmm. versus the like almost numb feeling that you can Mm -hmm. get when you're not allowing things to come in and everything is just isolated. Everything's pushed out um, and you're not allowing them to, and you're not allowing yourself to feel anything, which then has that like opening of the floodgate feeling when you're actually able to feel everything and how those small steps can then help like prevent the overwhelm of getting there like Mm -hmm. that emotional overwhelm state that you reach when it's not just one feeling it's all of the feelings and you're trying to feel all of them and process all of them at once and then how much it can undertake you and you can really get like swept under the current in a way Mm -hmm. um i almost think of like the visual i know ocean is usually like a pisces um kind of phrase but i think of like 
the aggressiveness of the ocean sometimes and like the way that waves can like batter a coastline and like erode it um and then how that erosion often lends to like finding fossils or finding things like little jewels or something and how the process of like that aggressively taking away then reveals something else underneath um Mm. and what you said sp about like how to like approaching touch when it's not safe um, is something that I deal with a lot because a lot of my clients, like I teach adults dance that are both like trained professionals and Mm -hmm. that are like complete new beginners. Um, And so having like the different interactions with that, like every person has a different relationship with their body, but if you're a complete beginner and you've never really had much of a movement practice, just starting to dance is not just starting to dance. You're starting to Mm -hmm. work through stuff. Like that's you saying, I'm ready to feel things. I'm ready to work through things. Mm -hmm. And the level of intensity that can happen in those sessions, um, literally just from things like giving yourself a hug, like Mm. stopping and taking a moment to like run your fingers over your body, you know, like in the way that you would want someone else to, but Mm. having that moment of understanding that for yourself first, and finding that security and that safety within yourself before expecting to be okay with it with someone else. I feel that often, maybe because of the society we live in, because like sex sells, we all know it, there's almost this perception that we should all already be okay with people touching us and that Mm. we should be used to people, you know, touching each other and perceiving your body and all of these things when no one is entitled to that um, and no one has just that permission inherently um and the the last thing that i wanted to bring up was how you mentioned that like those like tools and resources specifically like the one about senses um especially in like moments of like panic anxiety like attacks like that um i love that one so specifically like the five senses and like picking out the things um because it's such a fast way to ground yourself to be like you know what i'm still a human I'm still here. I'm still alive. What can I hold on to in this moment that can remind me that I'm alive, that I actually do have something to connect to? Because especially in those moments, I feel like a lot of those moments come from and are stemmed from like that lack of control, that lack of connection being like Mm. almost out of your body in a sense. Like you're so up in another place. You're not feeling things. You're not essentially like awake or aware to what's happening and what's going on inside that you then start running on autopilot and then tapping back in slowly to finding those ways to connect you is actually like enlivening to all of the senses so deeply. And I think as someone with like chronic illness, I think like learning to be in your body is a like both difficult like it's both challenging but also like really useful skill because it's like oh my body does not feel right in this moment number one why Mm -hmm. like what is the trigger of me not feeling is it something that is affecting me emotionally is it that like I feel a weird pain in my back it is really like I mean I think everything's like so interconnected right like this is just absolutely um but it's it's also just like oh like I also don't think and I want to just I feel like we don't talk about like meditation enough as like a spiritual practice and like how a lot of that is really helpful to like engage in relationships with the planet especially the moon because the moon is your body like Mm -hmm. um 
and I, I like bodily figure and like flesh vessel um, and the things that affect it. And I think like meditation has been really helpful for me in like engaging in those relationships with, you know, with, with planets as a relational, you know, astrologer um, and just in general, um, being in touch with your body and in, in that process, you do engage with the moon, right? And as a Martian moon, like a lot of that is movement. A lot of that is movement for me. And like, I hate moving. Um, hate it. Hate moving, hate <laughs> moving my body. I love, this is very fixed, right? It's like, I love staying in the same fucking place. I love not change. But mm. as we have talked about earlier, that like change is a constant. I have to enjoy change. I don't have to enjoy change, but I have to accept it. And I have to be comfortable with that. Um, and part of that is, learning how to meditate so that I can like be in touch with my body and like you know I I did this is kind of an aside too of like as someone who has like a constantly changing body because of like my medications and all that stuff like I've and like talking about like weight and like practices here like I don't like to weigh myself but I you know I have diabetes and like all these other metabolic issues so I'm on a ton of medication that like not a ton but um I'm on medication to help me manage that. And it's really weird to like be on a medication. Like, I don't mind talking about it. Cause it's like, I don't, you, you've heard of Ozempic and Wegovy. Um, Wegovy is just like a double dose of Ozempic. That's meant to uh, help people not eat as much and like f- to lose weight. Um, but I'm on Ozempic, which is helping for uh, like my diabetic medication. And it's really helped, but it's part of it is because like, I've dropped so much of my weight in like a number of years, like in the last three years, I've lost like 40 to 50 pounds. And it is weird to like mourn that change in my body Mm -hmm. of like, yes, like people couldn't think of me and look at me and be like, you're obese or like fat. And it's like, okay, I don't care. Like I'm at the like quote unquote healthiest point in my body, but I also like feel like shit a lot of the time. And like, Mm it's weird to mourn my body and also see physical changes of that. Like I had to do a closet clean out recently. I didn't have to, but I did a closet clean out recently. And it was so weird being like, Oh, I have to let go of all of these clothes that like, especially as someone who is a Libra with a Leo rising, like I love fashion and aesthetic. Like that is a way I relate to myself. Um, and so getting rid of like all these clothes that like, wow, this made me, me. And this was like the way I was seen and validated as like a fat marginalized person is through my Mm. sense of style and aesthetic. It was very much like, Oh, I have to come to terms with like, my body is changing in a way that like is maybe healthier quote unquote on paper, but it's also weird. And I'm mourning it. Mm. So even though I'm healthier, I'm still in the process of mourning what, you know, it's like, I really like, I thank my body for like giving me that cushiony fat because it made me softer and it made my like literal flesh vessel softer and like gave me these, gave me like this cushioning and now I don't have that. And so it's like so strange to me to like be in this process of constantly mourning my body, but also thanking it for like providing for me. Mm -hmm. And I think meditation is very helpful with that in, in like, you will learn what the changes are and like whether or not they're productive and also like in in that aspect of like I see the moon you know like the moon my biggest moon practice and I know like we've I don't we've talked about magic and materia and stuff um I don't know if you you all have used moon materia on yourselves like that's a funny joke yeah I know so I I I've so I've used that's a funny joke it is so difficult 
it it's is bad. probably it's, it's some potent. of the well it's some of the most like harsh it's bad it's the harshest material I've worked on myself. And it's so funny because like, I love my relationship with the moon. So funny because I love, I love using moon material. Must be nice to have Jupiter and Cancer, my, huh? Yeah, might be nice. Must be nice. Must like, be fucking I, nice. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it. Like, I can't. I, like, I, I can't do it. Did you get the sphere and sundry material for the moon? I did. Mm-hmm. I did moon and, and, moon I, and Cancer? I could not use that. Uh, moon and Cancer, I would never spend money on that personally it would go to waste i could i have i've tried to experiment with moon and cancer shit on my own and i cannot even fucking touch it i've had i've had some success with exalted moon but usually not when it's like just moon like it has to be like moon venus especially because it's like moon and taurus anyway so it has to be it can't be like just a moon working it has to have like other stuff but that's kind of how i am with materia as a whole anyway i don't do super well with like uh, like especially like elections that highlight one specific thing, unless it's like a fixed maybe star. Jupiter. A fixed star. Yeah, unless it's maybe Jupiter um, or a fixed star. But like I generally work better with like those kind of like more multi-purpose elections in Materia. Um, but I could I can't touch Moon and Cancer with a ten foot pole. Like it's it's my eighth house. That's where my lot of fortune is. It's a painful place. I uh, I'm it's so bad. glad to hear that because I'm like. I thought it would be such a good way for me to remediate this. LOL. And, and oh my God. I, and like, I, my big like moon practice and like big moon thing is like, I do baths. I'm a bath witch. Like I, mm. so I bought the bath salts. I had the colonia. I can only use the colonia. The really? bath salts, the bath salts made me, and this is what like Amaya was telling me, um, because she's such a lunar fuck. She's been on the podcast. Yeah. 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 She is such a lunar like person. She's my lunar mm-hmm. mommy, as I like to call her. She was like, oh, how did that work for you? And I'm like, it highlighted th- like every single time I would take a bath of those bath salts, I would have, it would highlight like, oh, I have like period cramps or I have like really bad pain in my lower back. And it's like, it's highlighting, it's, it's, it's working the way it's intended to for me of like, and it don't feel good it doesn't feel good it's mm-hmm. it's not always supposed to feel good especially with scorpio moon right like right it's it's really highlighting and giving and bringing attention to the parts of my body that i haven't been tending to mm-hmm. and that was the that's how the material works for me and anything lunar in that place like it's really hard for me to engage with lunar material i just can't do it mm-hmm. it's i yeah i can't I can't do it um, because for me, it kind of feels like um, doing moon healing on the moon's terms as opposed to doing moon healing on my terms. Mm. Um, And like the agency almost feels like it's taken away from me in a way when Mm. I try to engage with like like a moon and domicile um, material. Funny enough, like magically, like the moon was the first planet that I ever worked with um i used to make like full moon new moon like i guess technically now like i would call it materia but i was such a baby mage at the time i didn't really like conceptualize as materia but i was making like um waters and oils and stuff on like full moons and new moons that weren't necessarily elections but i was like putting them out for multiple evenings under the moon and stuff like that um so i guess like a more cat what we would call like casual materia per se um and so like engaging with the moon was like where I started with any planet at all. And it took a really long time for me to feel like confident in it. Like mm. I was doing it for months, literal years before I was like, oh, wait, 
this is a magical practice because it took me like doing it long enough, like actually doing the practice for my brain to be like, did you know that this is a relationship with the moon? Did you understand that going out every night, no matter the phase, like talking with her, did you, do you understand that that's a magical practice? And it took a long Mm -hmm. time for the actual like thought to wrap around it, to understand that that was like the most intimate planetary relationship that I had up until that point. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting to like, I feel like a lot of our, I think one of the easiest ways to engage with a planet is the moon. Like Mm -hmm. it's one of the easier planets to engage with because she's she's right right there. there. You can see her, you can track her cycles. Like, and I think it's funny because I I just like so many, there are so many other people and maybe it's just because I'm a fallen, I have a fallen moon or whatever. But it's like, I do engage with her, but it's on my terms, right? It's like on my terms, I don't necessarily, I should be better at being an astrologer who like works with the moon, but it's like, it's so funny because it's just like, it's there. She's there. Like Mm -hmm. she will, like she, she moves and she changes every, you know, her cycles every month. So I'm like, it it really has helped me with like, as someone with PCOS and like someone who reproductive stuff, like Mm -hmm. it, it really has helped um understand my cycle a little bit more and that's why you have all these like woo feminine like feminine energy high feminine like stuff i'm sorry wait, I'm, wait. Non-binary. I'm non-binary so i fucking hate when people are like the, ma- the divine masculine and feminine yeah. <laughs> I, also <laughs> I, just, hate, I was like Stop. i also hate it and like i i also hate that especially as someone with a dance background who um for those who don't know my specialty is adult heels Um, I've been doing heels for almost 10 years before heels had even really taken the industry by storm the way that it has. Um, And I've like watched the style change so much. And I see that being the rhetoric that teachers talk about when they talk about heels. They're like the divine feminine sensuality when you put on heels. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I know gay men who do heels like and yeah, like you can say femininity, but that doesn't mean that there's not masculine energy in it. And funny enough, something that my a couple of my students have complimented me on is that a lot of my choreography is very hard hitting and precise at times like i can flow very much between like that softness okay, and then like stinger. the hard hitting in it yeah literally yes um, and mm. so it's so frustrating to see that and like the moon i often refer to her as she because she has told me to you know that's not me like feminizing her that's literally just m- through my relationship with her she's like yeah you can call me that Um, and so that's something that I always like would definitely encourage people to explore, like with their relationship to gender as a whole before trying to gender a planet, um, Mm. and trying to say that a planet has, um, I would say like purview over one gender's things, you know, like you can't look at the moon and say she only deals with feminine things because that's reductive. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I have the moon in my first, I don't identify, I mean, gender is weird and I don't necessarily identify like within the binary necessarily but I don't identify as feminine at all so but I consider myself like a very lunar person um and it's interesting just thinking about lunar materia because like I had a very positive experience very transformative experience working with spirit sundries moon and cancer oil and you know it just speaks to differences of like Mackenzie we were both Sagittarius rising so the moon rules both of our eighth houses, but I have Jupiter in the eighth house and I have the moon in the first house. And so there's this kind of like mutual exchange between these two planets. And there's like a different relationship that I have with the eighth house than perhaps you do, you know, maybe you have this different relationship with the 12th house and the second house that 
I don't necessarily have with the 12th house. And so just goes to show how like complex and uh, contextual astrology is, even within charts that to an outside observer might look very similar. Yeah, definitely. Like to an outside observer could potentially look, yeah, very similar. Um, even though we don't have like a ton of overlap, you know, like we have that Jupiter opposition, something that I guess I haven't mentioned up until now, which is that my Jupiter's in Capricorn. And so the next applying aspect from my moon is a sextile to Jupiter and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that very like intense relationship, like through like not just dark houses, but also like reflecting back on the eighth house and how that's like, that's not a vibe spot it is so it's so not fun to go there like and it's crazy to even not a vibe and it's crazy to talk to astrologers and like even just like talking about all of our different experiential um like circumstances within our charts and hearing people talk like people that maybe like have eighth house placements that they're more comfortable with and they're like oh i don't have anything in the 12th though like i don't i i don't go there i avoid that and how for someone like me who's like very comfortable in my 12th house it's like "Mm, eighth house i'll just not go there um even though i end up there a lot of the times like through my lot of fortune being there and being ruled by my mm-hmm. fallen moon, it kind of mm-hmm. ends up that like I find myself in the eighth house. And then from there, I choose to go to the 12th. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the reverse for me because I have my ascendant ruler in my eighth and I have my lot of spirit in my 12th. Mm. So I like find the 12th house as like a foreign place, no pun intended. Cause it's like associated with foreign lands or what have you. But um, it's like something I really, need to choose um so yeah it's very interesting all right y'all i actually have to go so we're, we're gonna I have love to this wrap this us. conversation just, i love this for us we're vibing all right yeah um this has been an amazing conversation though thank you so much for generously sharing your knowledge and experience and your time um do you have any imparting thoughts before we go I was like, I got, I got a little, like little plug to just, uh, one of our, one of our people in our community, I, I like my books are closed. So I'm like, if you want to eventually book with me, great. I have a bunch of stuff coming out. Um, I have a newsletter, mm-hmm. this is what you want.org. And also you can view my social media, sub Krista. I'm not on Twitter anymore because it doesn't exist. Um, but, uh, one of our like really good colleagues and friends of mine, Alyssa Sorio, um, is at Alyssa of Cups, uh, has for the past year been dealing with a lot of things and so like my big thing is like you know mutual aid in the spirit of the Mm -hmm. moon and like with my venus as well of just like she needs a couple hundred more i think but she has a gofundme please book her like she her books are open too she's been such a wonderful like community builder in the astrology community um Mm -hmm. is a you know activist and organizer and has fallen on hard times so i just like would love for y'all to like go view her go view her page go view her thing uh go view her like offering she is offering her books too um like i'm not open so like go spread the wealth and also just her gofundme because you know it's time that we help people who are you know she does drunk astrology and like i've i've done a bunch of like weird unhinged presentations on like shrek and 90 day fiance on that and Mm -hmm. i think like as someone who i would do this for anyone in our community but like as someone who has really like put in a lot of work to like, building these like fun spaces and not just academic shit, mm-hmm. like we should all support Alyssa. But also yeah. I love y'all and thank you for having me on here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be sure to put Alyssa's um all of her links and stuff in in the show notes and people, yeah, definitely please yeah. support her if you're able. 
How about you, Mackenzie? Is there anything that you're working on? Um, sure. I'll plug some stuff. Uh, I also, I want to start by plugging actually, um, Shahir because Shahir is like the third leg of our like night sect trilogy of our yes. like Bermuda Triangle vibes. Um, and so like <laughs> SP and I met through Ascendant Assemblies and Shahir, like super sensory Shahir, they are all, also a sad rising. We connected through Ascendant Assemblies. Um, while SP has been doing like the moon series and on my podcast, Funk with Fate, we've been doing the Mars series. Shahir has done a Venus series. And so all three of us sad rising night sect babies have done this like exploration of information into the night chart uh the night sex planets uh mars venus and the moon and like talking with astrologers um and so along with like both of ours on like mars and the moon definitely go check out shahir's as well because i think it very much describes us all as people the fact that you're doing the moon one the fact that shahir's doing the venus one and the fact that i'm doing the mars one really Mm -hmm. encapsulates a lot of like beauty within our chart uh Mm -hmm. dynamics um so want to plug Shahir as like the third of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, like go check out my podcast. It's available on all of the places. Uh, Chris has been on it. SP's going to be on it. Like oh, y'all shit. are. Break, breaking um, news. I didn't even know this. Breaking news. Getting invited. <laughs> reciprocal pods. You it. have to. Everybody has to go pod for pod in the community. I'm um, there's so many good podcasts that we have in the community besides like the obvious Chris Brennan, who has raised us all, you know, mm-hmm. we've all like so many of father. us have reached out father truly um, <laughs> have reached out and like done our own work in it. Um, my books are sort of open right now. I think I have like maybe one or two more spots in like October available, but they're not going to be open during November because every November I take like two weeks off and go rock climbing in the mountains um it's part of my scorpio sag life where i'm like i wish to not be perceived i'm going to run away um and it's beautiful and i love it but they'll be open again in december but yeah i do like natal timing synastry compatibility i really love doing rectification and like the astro dance integration work those are some of my like favorite things that i do um and yeah i feel like probably anybody listening is probably going to work with me virtually but i do a lot of in person um like i have local meetups every month at the kombucha spot and then i just started doing in-person readings at a metaphysical shop um called charmique treasures the owners are amazing and so i do a lot more i feel like in person than i do virtually uh right now um which isn't house Yeah, I'm having well, I just finished. Well, I guess the real answer is that I'm in my fourth house year, but my uh, perfection from sect light since I'm like have a 12th house moon is one year after. So I'm technically perfected in like third house year from sect light. And although I'm in my fourth house year, like perfection from the ascendant. And so definitely my perfection years have that like kind of like echoing effect where they kind of like things kind of come and wrap back up the next year. And so the two houses will be like intertwined with each other, especially because for me, like my second and third house are both ruled by Saturn, but being in my fourth house here, Saturn is in my fourth house right now. So it's like cycles are cycling. Um, Cycles are cycling big time. Um, But yeah, that's like all of the things like you can find me on the socials and stuff like subscribe to my Mm -hmm. newsletter. I don't really do them that often. I'm trying to get better about sending newsletters. I use Instagram when I'm right. I love writing them. It's actually just getting the time for me. It's literally Mm -hmm. the time Um, as I probably mentioned. Yeah, as I say, as probably mentioned, I have like four jobs. So like I do a million and one things. And so I'm constantly working. And so it's really just for me finding the time. Um, But yeah, I'm on the internet and on socials when I'm in the mood to be when I'm not cocooning. I haven't used like 
Twitter or threads or any of those in like forever because I just have no entrance for the social medias. I'm like, you can text me or call me or email me um, yes. or see me in person um, or I'll send you a selfie or something. But like, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at with people. Um, but I do love the gram for like the visual aspect of it. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not, that's really it for me. I'm not really working on anything major. I'm working on something that I'm writing right now ooh, that I don't ooh, know when exciting. I'm going to be done with it there's I a couple different collab yeah i have some fun collabs coming out too yeah we can talk about that later but it's, honestly it's... yeah but yeah look out for something fun coming out next year from me and a collaborator um Purr. it will be it will be a hard copy thing so it's a Ooh. deliverable very excited. um i'm very excited i'm i'm not we've been working on trying to work on this for like two years Ooh. um has to do with pets as well maybe that's a hint <gasps> nice um but yeah that's coming out next year um and then yeah my books are closed so just visit us on social media and then go check out i'm i'm very happy that i was here thank you so much and having me in this this vibe yeah. this vibes talk vibey yeah, yeah it's an it's an honor to talk about the moon uh truly she's the one so it's an honor to talk about her and let us expose mm. ourselves yeah i know yeah thank you so much it's been an honor talking with you both and uh yeah hope to talk to you again soon yeah bye love y'all to support the show by donating or becoming a member please visit my website which is linked in the show notes and please subscribe to the show wherever you listen you can also find me on instagram and twitter See those links in the show notes as well. If you have any questions or feedback on the show, please feel free to contact me via my website or email me at sphallhorary at gmail.com. In the show notes, you can also find links to astrologers and resources that we touched on in this episode. Thanks. See you next time.